This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. Man, I'll tell you that sound, that song, Coho. That was probably the best thing you've done for this show. Picking that song, it's it it literally changes my entire mood. The thing that doesn't change my mood this this panel, um, but we'll get to that in a second. Tonight is best movies these players have studied for trivia. We have some champions. We have some people that have been highly ranked, going for belts, and then we have Spence. Yeah. This, is a list of people that got movies handed to them or they built strengths based on these movies, and these are the best that they did for trivia. Well, let me tell you, this is the best we got. We're in trouble, people. We're in trouble, and I'll go through that tonight. Listen, uh, this community, I hate this community. I'm going to be honest with you. I hate this community with a passion, and it's not because of your movie choices. I have a poll on the Facebook page of what we would like to see this week. Worst one by over 11 votes, and I got two lists. Four people voted for best, and I got four lists. So we're rewarding the best. Worst will come back later this year because obviously there's a there's a need for it, and guarantee probably the same four would probably submit a list and we'd do the same show. Um, tonight we have Jake Marangoni, former uh, member of my faction, now I'm in the retirement home. He's playing in fandom, I think. This is weird. How do you think you're going to do tonight? I've been on a lot of your calls for movies that you poured countless hours into watching. That is and true, yes. never spinning one time. So now you, get to, now you get to talk about some of these movies that you poured in your time to watch, but never yes. got to answer a trivia question about. How are you going to do tonight? I I won't. Let's just say that Cody told everyone that we uh, if this is the best, uh, yeah, we're, we're doomed. Um, but I will say that you know there's a lot of movies that you get to watch for trivia, and sometimes you get the diamond in the rough, uh, especially if you're playing a fandom. But um, I will say someone on this panel has given me two movies, and I thought they were great movies that made this list. Uh, I won't say who, but I'll give you a hint: it wasn't spent. Um, but uh, <laughs> we played we played once. We played once. Yes. Um, but no, I think this is gonna be fun. This is good. I, I have wanted to talk about these movies, and so now I get a chance to. Next up is Spence. Now, Spence runs a league that they every player gets to pick a movie and throw it at their opponent. So, good or bad, mine one time was the house that Jack built. Um, never want to visit the house. Um, but overall, Spence. How do you think you didn't lose last week, which is a massive step. Somebody else lost, and they're staying on this panel tonight. But how do you think you're going to do tonight with the best movie study for trivia? Because no shot at yourself. You haven't reached the pinnacle of your potential in 
movie trivia yet. So you haven't had like so countless matches in Warzone and stuff. So how do you think you're going to do with this? Don't underplay me. I could have briefed at Pinnacle and I'm just generally shit. We don't know that yet. Uh, <laughs> again, like, like, you, well, I had the advantage of like, I rode for like four movies every week about like, like, deep. like I've seen a lot of fucking movies. People like to study them. So I think I've generally been giving good movies. Uh, than fucking ready to rumble twice for some godforsaken reason. So hey, I had to write nice. that, okay? No, you wrote the, you wrote the second one. You wrote the oh, yeah, second I wrote the second one, yeah. Okay, so you're going to suck tonight. That's fair. Um, next up, Joseph. Joseph, um, I feel like I've done something wrong in this community. After you were on our show... The sassiness level of Joseph has like been turned up, which I personally love because there's some stuff that happened on a call once with a boatman that I was still one of my favorite moments of all time that you said to him. Um, but did the programming change in your software to allow <laughs> you to be more of a dick? Because I love it and it makes perfect the show. But did this show break you a little bit and let you? break out of your shell and say what you actually feel about people? Maybe. I love it. Love it. How do you think you're going to do tonight? Not well. <laughs> That's fair. He's That's already fair, breaking. Dude. That's fair. Uh, he, well, he once said, I wasn't a fan of a mad, 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 mad world until Boatman lost on the question once. <laughs> yeah. was said and died. Died and he said it just out and they went back and forth. It was beautiful. Uh, Kirk, uh, basically me, you're part of the YLS team. You have a show coming up next week for Sydney, Sydney Lewitt met movies. I can't talk. We still don't have any list in. No one sent anything. Watch the movies, submit the list. Let's go. So if you haven't, he's going to announce something on the Facebook page that we're changing. Um, but how do you think you're going to do tonight? Are you going to redeem yourself from last week? Because that was, my, I think, like three Fs on, and you get replaced as the second host. I think that's how, I'm not sure, but how are you going to do tonight? Um, I hope, I have to, yeah. I mean, this is a great topic because when you when you study it, I mean, like, I think I'm, I've kind of made a name for myself as being someone who's going to study anything. You throw at me and study a lot, and you have to wade through a lot of crap. So when you hit a good movie, when you hit a really good movie, I mean, it is like a religious experience. And I think that's cool to celebrate that tonight. Um, I expect to be mentioned a lot because I pride myself on only giving good movies the strengths. So um, I better hear my name a lot tonight because I've played everybody here. Um, but no, it's going to be fun. Um, and just to let everybody know at the end of it, since I don't play that much trivia, obviously, because I'm too good to be brought out every time. Um, I picked movies given for YLS. So at the end, the movies, the first time watches, I just went through my highest ranked and said, oh yeah, I remember that for the show. And I put them on the list. So some of your movies may show up again that you've given me in the past. We're going to start the show off. Uh, Sydney, like I said before, we still need a list for next week and we still need movies for other shows. So it's all on the Facebook page. Please send them in. Um, first up, Jake, we're going to go 1098 and go from there. What did the end? If you know the person that gave it to you, you can say that what you gave give him a shout know. out. Give him a shout out. So go ahead, 1098. All right. So, number 10, thank you, Caleb Boatman, is my favorite Albert Brooks film, Coming to America. Sorry. Ah, love <laughs> <laughs> Already off to a great start. 
fucking name. I was didn't spend the time. I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. It's uh, it didn't Son stick very mind. well. It didn't stick very well. What movie stars these people coming to America? Lost the points. Uh, but okay. <laughs> Because I've got the letterbox list on my phone, and I just saw what I thought was coming, and I fucked up. Anyway, that's years of Cody management right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Number nine yeah. is because of me. Thank you. The Quick and the Dead. And number eight, he's here. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, is Ed Wood. So number ten, Lost in America. Uh, my favorite Albert Brooks movie. I. Uh, Caleb Bowman, uh, the Brooks stand here, has uh, picked this against me in the title match, the first time we played in Warzone a couple years ago now. Um, I, it's the anti-hippie movie. Uh, it's it's Abel Brooks and Julie Haggerty uh, deciding to sell their house and buy Winnebago and travel across America, and it doesn't go according to plan, and they eventually, eventually go back to their capitalist, consumerist lifestyle. I just think that's fun. Uh, I love the ending. I love the 10-minute conversation he has with the casino owner about getting his money back because Julie Haggerty bet all of it um and it's a great double feature i feel if you watch it with nomadland because they both kind of like counterpoints to each other about you know that sort of that place in america um i think it's great it's definitely my favorite of brooks film uh number nine is quick in the dead i want to say this was against scott and ethan uh the title match against i think it was the uh final order uh, we picked Sam Raimi, directed by Sam Raimi, and so I watched pretty much every Sam Raimi movie I hadn't seen, and this is one of them. Uh, I it's a basically a tournament for gunslingers. It's Sam Raimi making a western, and him using his distinctive camera work and directing style really works throughout the movie. Um, and I think Leo is great as the kid. Uh, Sharon Stone is the lead, and she's great. Gene Hackman as the villain, like, as expected, is great. And even Russell Crowe playing a very different character. Like, this is one of his first, like, this is pre-LA Confidential. And I think it was around the time he did Romper Stomper, which is, if you ever want to watch a crazy Australian movie, I highly recommend that one. Um, and it's just, like, just the energy of that movie is just what you expect from a Sam Raimi movie. Uh, number eight is Ed Wood, uh, famously played uh, Stallions the Third Time. At Mame at the Multiplex 4, I want to say. Um, Joseph being the Tim Burton fan he is, picked Tim Burton. So I watched like 12 Tim Burton movies in a week, and one of them was Edward, which I had just famously never seen, or infamously never seen. Uh, it's great. It's about movie making. Edward is someone that not a lot of people know, but he made terrible movies, and the movie doesn't look down on him because of that not like a disaster artist sort of situation it's just this is him and he's just happy making movies with these like ragtag group of people and it's just fun and martin landau is fantastic as um bella lugosi and i can never stop saying pull the string because it's just amazing the way he says it and it's great So I did a lot of work for this episode in like five days. Like I, I've stayed up late on a few of them because I wanted to watch most of them because like I wanted to be able to because there was a lot of blind spots on some of these. Lost in America. I haven't seen that many Albert Brooks movies, but this one I think is by far the funniest Albert Brooks movie. I debated this once. I think it is by far the funniest, uh, especially when he's the crossing guard and is like, hit the kids, just hit them. <laughs> Fuck it. Let him go. And like when he goes off on his boss, it's like, fuck you. Like, this is mine. And they decide to sell it. I love when he goes into the casino and he tells them, what, think about the promotional. You give us the money back. 
and you get people to come to your casino because of that. And it's most it, it the reason why he likes Albert Brooks so much is because it's him. Bowman is Albert Brooks. Like He's the personification of Albert Brooks. He just is. It's sad. He is the definition of anxiety. And that is what if I raise my voice the wrong way, the man cries. So like, yeah, it's a hundred percent. That's what it is. Your next one, Quick and the Dead. I, I'm glad you brought up the camera work. Me and my family watch this on call together because I give I send him this entire list. I said these are the movies I need to watch. What do we watch? And he picked two of them, and Quick and the Dead was one. Um, this movie is a lot of fun. This movie has a lot of star power in it. Um, I think the concept the concept is just so stupid. For one, anybody that enters like a a shooting gallery, like let's just go kill each other in the square every day until we have a winner, and then we have fifteen dead people after it. Like, there's only going to be one winner. It's really, and then they switch the rules. It's really interesting. Gene Hacking has this. He's just a plays a perfect evil guy. Um, I think overall the cast, but the camera work. Wow, I felt like. He was practicing for Spider-Man. Like at points, I'm like, I've seen all these shots before, especially when they pull the guns at one point, and like you feel like the the effect. It's it was it was real interesting to watch it on on the first time. Um, but yeah, I I did not have a bad time with cooking the. I thought on to the next one, Ed Wood. Everybody's like Cody, Cody. You don't like Tim Burton. You'll like Ed Wood. You fucking stupid people. I did not like this movie. I'm sorry. He's a terrible director, okay? Cool. I don't care. I don't like Johnny Depp as a person, okay? Like, so him an entire movie, I just did not really work for me. Um, maybe not as a part. Maybe an actor. I'll say an actor. I don't like him as an actor most of the time. There are a few roles, mostly when he's a drunk pirate for two movies. I find him tolerable. But other than that, not a big, not a big fan. Um, the rest, fuck. <laughs> enjoy your cash. Um, the best part I think of the movie is, of course, Martin Landau, like as as um, Legosi, Legosi, especially when he went off on Boris Karloff. He's like the <laughs> that hat, <laughs> and I love at the end where it said it tacked on, where he's like he outspun him. The movie kind of picked up and made it better for me near the end of the movie because when he's like when the church group is coming around and like, we need to change this. And he's like, it's in the script, the name of the movie. Like he's losing it. He's losing his mind based on it. But God, I did not care. Like for at least over half the movie, two thirds, I was kind of bored and kind of just like, I, you're a shitty director. Of course, Tim Burton found inspiration and write a movie <laughs> about a shitty director. <laughs> Directed by a shitty director. It's crazy how that works. Um, works out perfect. But yeah, Ed Wood, not my favorite. Um, all right, we're going to go Spence. 10, 9, 8. Uh, my number 10. Ed Wood at 8 so that no one else could say anything for it. It was beautiful. Thank you so much for the announcement. <laughs> my number 10, uh, shout out to Hunter Chambliss, is Star Trek First Contact. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Probably nine. my favorite sound <laughs> <laughs> my number nine shout out to Kirk is uh, Murder on the Orient Express nice <laughs> and my number eight shout Glad out to Antonio Chavez and Tyler Butler Fugitive Ooh, you suck 
Oh, fuck you, Carl. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Oh, I need to come in for a second and say that was a total joke. I have no opinions on the fusion. I was going to do a rule freeze with Lie. the guys. I was about to kill you. <laughs> like, seriously. Okay. Okay, so subject first wow. contact. Uh, I watched this for an MTFO geek match. My only win in MTFO geek. Uh, and this rule, I was super unfamiliar with Star Trek. I had seen all the new ones, and even then they were like pretty hazy. Okay, let's let's start with like what everyone likes. Let's start with TNG, the, the sixth movie for some fu- or seventh movie, eighth eighth movie for some fucking reason. And I love it. I think it's fantastic. I really I really adore the TNG crew. I really like Picard. I really like Data. I, I really like uh, Troy. And I just I think they're all really fascinating. So I've seen them in this space where you get to go back and basically see how not like not like it's not not how everything sort of but basically like how did how did man first interact with the world and i think seeing it especially through the jaded eyes of james cromwell is honestly really fascinating in a way that i didn't expect it's like it should be like oh it's up in this he's like no he really doesn't want to do this but when he knows what he did it's like man it's a lot of expectations you know what i think i'm gonna pass and on top of that you have the board queen which is honestly like my favorite star trek villain because i think the way that she's like particularly manipulates data and tries to turn one of the most powerful androids in the universe on her side of it by simply offering him the chance to become human is great. It's incredible writing. And it's just, it's peak Star Trek for me. Uh, number nine is uh, Murder, Murder on the Orient Express. I've never seen it before. I don't know any of the twists. Good old-fashioned murder mystery. I don't have a lot to say on it other than just, like, pure quality. A lot of fun. I wouldn't expect from a 70s crime crime film. I don't like 70s movies that well. Thank you to Kirk. Uh, and eight is a fugitive. Fucking rules. The fact that it's a TV show is weird because I don't understand how you do that for like 10 years, but it's awesome. Uh, honestly, I just think that Harrison Ford had a really good career and I'm happy they got to study him because I was, it was like, oh yeah, he's Han Solo and Indiana Jones and that's about it. And seeing him and seeing him still as this like this action star who's going through like like a complex like character journey throughout is awesome. And all the action scenes are great. Tommy Lee Jones shouldn't have won an Oscar, but he's still a lot of fun in it. And uh, fucking rules. He's he's fine. Like he's good. Like but win an Oscar. Like I don't care. Okay, um, we're gonna <laughs> go to uh, we'll go to your ten first contact. Um, <laughs> woo! Star Trek sucks. Let's just get it out of the way. Star Trek is not good. Not good. Uh, I know. I'm going to ruin everybody. <laughs> I like the new ones. Crazy, right? I like fireworks and gun show and not like real like uh, um, Picard or uh, Shatner at all. Um, but I will say this movie hot pile of garbage i hate when people tell me this one is the one good one it's terrible i had no fun i don't have fun with it generations pisses me off too all the new all the next generation i think oh, garbage like and the bad thing is i like picard probably better than shatner like as the leader but overall the whole thing is like oh and that bork she just wants to fuck data. Like, I don't give a fuck about it. Like, it's very awkward. It's uncomfortable. I don't, not having a great time. Um, James Cromwell's in it. Okay, whatever. Next is Murder on the Air Express. I'm going to piss off my producer in the back. This story sucks. <laughs> I'm going to 
be honest with you, I don't like the story. Oh, okay, good. You know, I don't like the story of this. Uh, the thing is, I don't like this version, and I don't like the new version of it. I don't like either, because I don't like a who done it. And I'm going to spoil this. I'm sorry. When everybody done it. When everybody done it, it's not that it can't, it just uh, I try I try to play along and find out, and then they just do the cash out. I, I think this I think overall the writing's not great. Um this is also gonna probably piss people off. Is it Albert Finney that plays yeah. in there? Yeah, yeah. Brown is better. <laughs> Albert Finney in it, in, if I had to go with the two. Overall, I don't like the story, so I never really go back to either one. I watch this because everybody told me, hey, go watch the original. It'll be better. I like a lot of things from the 70s. I honestly, if I had to break it down for my shot for shot of things I've watched, 70s is probably the best year of cinema, decade of cinema out there for me. Just with everything it has to hold, I think this is just a major like miss on most people's account. Um, Eight, The Fugitive. Um this is a movie that should have been watched since birth for me because this is like if you look up in the dictionary of Cody movie the fugit a poster of the fugitive resides right next to it it is everything i love in a movie i've never related to a character more in my entire life than tommy lee jones in this movie when he looks at him he's like i did not kill my wife I don't care. Not my problem. The problem is to bring you in. The I love in the scene because it's one of those ridiculous things, especially in like 90s crime stuff. There's he's sitting there talking on the phone, and then all of a sudden Tommy Lee Jr. goes, What's that playing in the background? Was that an L train? And then they start breaking down the like the sound back in the 90s to find exactly and like, oh, he went home. He went home. We know exactly where he is. It's one of the. Stu- it's like the enhanced thing where they zoom in and they can, they can see a clear picture of it. It's ridiculous, but Tommy Lee Jones hunting down Harrison Ford. The movie is fantastic. It was top one hundred as soon as I watched it, and every time I watch it, it continues to grow. Like I love this movie. It's so much fun. So started with shit, finished with positive, positive stuff. We'll see how you finish, Joseph. Ten nine eight. Remember those uh, clicks with the that Coho place? You're not going to be hearing a lot of that on my list. Uh, my number 10 I watched because of Jake Meltzer at the end of last year. He made me study 2000s comedies, and I saw Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, my number nine is honestly a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, Jake over there, the other Jake M, made me study uh, Coen Brothers movies with Michael Concept. Speaking of Wild Stallions Concept 3, uh, A Serious Man. And my number eight, this is also a, big, a, bit, of big, a bit of a big surprise, but thanks to Tobin's Spirit Guide, I studied 824 and Horror, The Witch. All right, so Little Miss Sunshine. This movie is extremely chaotic and more so than I expected, but at the same time, it is so endearing. I found it so endearing. I loved seeing how the Hoover family gets into all of their predicaments and then trying to get out of them to try to get all of Abigail Breslin's character to her pageant, and it's all really funny and really entertaining. The first 10 minutes alone had me hooked by showing how all these characters are slightly 
dysfunctional. But I also found it very moving to see how they stick together despite all of their pretty big issues. It's a, it's a great movie. Uh, nine, a serious man. I will fully admit, had I not been spoiled the ending prior to watching this movie, I don't think I would have loved it as much. I've respected the Coens more than I liked them, but this movie's ending basically uh, signified to me as the most troll-like move they could have done for this story. And I kind of love thinking about how divided people were and, and still are about it. it. It's kind of funny to me. Uh, I think Michael Stuhlbarg is fantastic in this movie. He's slowly losing his mind with all the chaos happening around him. I love how this movie blends the tones of being dramatic and slightly ironic and comedic. Sometimes we should, ju we should just accept the mystery in life because I mean, there's not a lot we can do. Except maybe we can try to do a, lot, a couple of good things for other people. This movie, I really, really love. And The Witch. Yeah, not a not a movie I would recommend to uh, non horror fans like uh, Cody. But uh, for me, I just felt the immense despair that this family suffers after getting banished from their colony and then being at the mercy of these supernatural evil forces in the forest. Be very immersive for me. The mood, the atmosphere, and the cinematography, the creepiness of the forest, and all these terrible things just gets under my skin. It's so. Oh, it's so kind of disturbing and very intense. It's a really effective slow burn drama horror film to me. And I just get such chills from the ending. It stayed with me for a while. I don't think I could watch it repeatedly because of how much I felt with the ending. But as a movie experience, it's one of my favorite experiences I've had to watch for trivia. Shout out Tobin Spirit Guide. Um, uh... Gone but never forgotten. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine, a uh, fantastic movie overall. Uh, I'm not uh, the Caleb's, I'm not absolutely in love with the film like some, but there are a lot of parts that I just really enjoy throughout there. I think Steve Carell, Alan Arkin, there's just the cast is just firing on all cylinders. And I think that's basically because of the script, how well the script is uh, written and put together, um, where it plays like the whole ice cream scene on the thing, like it's just. It has a, it has like, like I can see like different parts of it, like maybe then maybe didn't fully inspire. Good lord, we're not stripping for you. Get the hell off our screen. Um, I hate that damn thing. Um, but um, I think like overall, like um, like the way way back has one of those moments, like certain moments where it's like hits you like. Touch. I think this maybe maybe a little inspired it or didn't like took things from it. Um, but overall, just good good movie. Great thing somebody gave you for trivia. That's for sure. Next one is your nine. I don't remember what you put on there. Serious man. Yeah. Um, I don't like this movie. Um, I watched it for the first time. I think most people would have realized that. I think people have told me. I'm very 50-50 on Cohen's is where it basically falls. When they hit, pretty much no one hits harder. And then when they miss, they fall flat for me in the worst way possible. There are parts I liked about this movie, but there are overall parts I just never got over the hunt. Like, I like the main character for what he is. Like, him, I understand there are just parts that made me fully, like, uncomfortable. Like, one, when that man is literally sitting at the table, like, talking about, we think it's best that we go through the divorce and we move into yeah. your house. And then he touches his hands. 
like I've never wanted to just beat somebody to death and then later on, of course, and then like it's just it has a lot of things. I get why, but overall, not a hit for me at all. I think it's about three stars for where I would give it. It's not bad, it's not but I do know what happened before I saw it at the end, what's approaching the school. No trivia questions because I've heard enough about that. But I that's didn't fair, know what was honestly. I, didn't I, think I've written, I think I've written that question before. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a tornado. Just let everybody know. Here's your here's two points in your next trivia match. All right, we're gonna uh, on the next. Oh god, the next is which. Um, so I didn't watch it for this, and I think you did it wrong. It's two A's, isn't it? Like two V's, like put together to make it. The Vich. Yeah, the Vich. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did not watch this movie for this list. I watched it when it first came out. I was, I had I worked at a theater, got free tickets. People drugged me to it. I hate horror movies. You know what I hate more? Slow burn horror movies because I get to stay in this hell that I'm living in for a long time and I'm not having fun. Um, and then when the next one, I think it was the from the same studio. I don't know. It comes at night. I think like people are like if you like the witch, come see it. Comes. I hate. No, didn't go. Honestly, that's it. fair. Yeah, I understand. the The difference with this one is I can see why people like this one. I understand. It's overall. Is it is it made of? A, is it a good film? Sure. On the guard. I just wanted to escape the entire time because one, it made me uncomfortable. Two, it took forever to go anywhere, which that's great horror for people that love horror. But me had a miserable time. Kirk, save me. Ten nine eight. Okay. Uh, preface this by saying I made my list specifically based on movies uh, that were given to me by other people for uh, for trivia, for their strengths or whatever. Um, because let's face it, this community and this game has ruined me. And at this point, every movie I watch is for trivia, te- technically. So I had to narrow it down somehow. And um, so that's what I did. Um, my number 10 is Porco Rosso. My number nine is The Thin Man. And my number eight is Hollywood Shuffle. Uh, oh. Number... Number 10, Porco Rosso, was given to me. Uh, it was the number one contenders match, Jurassic Sharks versus Guinea Force. Uh, shout out to Joseph for helping me remember that because I could not recall who gave me that. Uh, but that was the match I had this in. Uh, I wanted to go start going through Ghibli anyway. I had not seen most. I've only, only seen a couple. Uh, I had HBO Max now, so I had a uh, chance. And they gave the category was, I think, post-1980 Miyazaki or something like that. So I watched everything that fits that, which is pretty much all of Ghibli. Um, found out Ghibli's not really my bag. Uh, there's, I don't hate a lot of them, but there's not a lot that I like really love and want to rewatch. Uh, but Porco Rosso was definitely my favorite. Um, it's just this really cool story about it's like like this interwar period in the Mediterranean Sea. This like beautiful setting, the animation of the the the, the, the vistas are great. Um, it's about this cursed pilot who has turned into like this pig man. Uh, Michael Keaton does the voice in the American dub. It's really good. Um, and just like his adventures, he fights sky pirates. A lot of cool, really cool stuff going on. Um, it does. It doesn't do the two things that are my biggest Ghibli pet thieves. Number one, it's a nice tight 94 minutes. Doesn't overstay its welcome. Number two, the animation is clean. Uh, you don't have a lot of like amorphous blobs changing shape. Uh, everything kind of is just what it is. Um, and it's a really cool story. I call it in my review. I said it's like Casablanca. Casablanca was a cartoon with magic. And it's really the feel it has. Um, so I really had fun with that one. Uh, number nine is The Thin Man. Uh, this was Andrew Jane, given to me by Andrew Jane Barr in a three way match uh, between. Uh, 
he, I, and Mark Kamire, I think, uh, my second match in Full Metal, uh, and he gave me the Thin Man series. Uh, this was uh, a movie like I had never heard of until Andrew brought it up and used it for his strength, uh, but it's a whole series of movies, and I just think it's really cool. Uh, it's very modern. It's about this uh, couple, Nick and Nora Charles. Uh, they're like a detective team. And they are honestly like my all-time, like they became my favorite movie couple of all time. They're just this very couple. Um, they have a lot of fun. They have great banner. Uh, they tease each other a lot. But, uh, you know, Nick's kind of a drunk. Uh, she's kind of overbearing. But you can tell how much in love they are and how much they enjoy just going out and solving crimes. This, the, 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 the mystery and the story is kind of secondary just to them and uh, just watching them. Like, the, you know, for, for 1934, um, it's actually kind of cool. Like they're equals, like they're, they're equals in their partnership and the times they're not, she doesn't care. She just comes along anyway and does her own thing. Uh, so that's, that's pretty cool about it. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of movie. I really enjoyed um, watched most of the rest of the series, but I think the first one's probably the best one. Um, and number eight was Hollywood shuffle given me by Amaru Moses uh, last year, or I guess in 2020 now uh, in full metal for it was 20th century written by Wayne's brother. Uh, watch a lot of bad movies for that. Um, but Hollywood Shuffle was definitely the diamond in the rough. Uh, this is uh, directed by Robert Townsend, I think, in 87. And it just has, like, a really cool, like, friends getting together and make an indie movie vibe. Um, just has, like, that bare bones, uh, you know, like, you know, blood, sweat, and tears feel to it. Um, Robert Townsend brings a lot of his own experience to it as, you know, a struggling actor, as an African-American. And um, it, it has, like, a lot of comedy. It just has an edge to it. You feel a little bit of that frustration and anger, um, but it's overbearing. It's it's very funny. A lot of parody to it that usually I don't like, but most of it works for me. There are some scenes that are just, like, really, like, overdone stupid comedy that got used a lot in the 80s. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's, uh, for the most part, it's a, I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, it bums me out that Robert Townsend didn't do more after this. I know he directed some movies, but he never really made it because he feels like one of those guys, like, when you watch, like, you know, late 80s, uh, early 90s, guys like Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino, all those indie guys who made it big. Watch this movie. He feels like somebody who's going to do that. And he never really did. Um, but still, I really I had a lot of fun with this movie. Okay. It's that, that, that entire thing was a bag of emotions that I just went through. So, okay. <laughs> so you're uh, number 10. I'm with you. Studio Ghibli, not my cup of tea at all. Did not have fun with it when I was giving it to um, by Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn's watched them one time and apparently is the huge, biggest fan that's ever walked the earth about him. He's like, I need them in this, blah, blah, whatever. I stop. They're fine. They're just not my cup of tea. This was the bright spot of what I watched. I will say I did enjoy this one more than most. Um, I didn't have a lot of fun with the rest of them. No, I still haven't seen Kiki's delivery service because damn it, I needed to for a match and it cost me a point because my wife wanted to watch it, but Update, we still haven't watched that movie together, just to let you know. So, could have watched it probably seven times over. Um, but overall, fine. Ten, not a bad thing. I mean, I don't know what else you were given, but sure. This makes your list. I'll give it to you. Um, number nine, um, Thin Man. I had a lot of fun with this movie. I was like, maybe bars on to something. But then you just said this is probably the best of them, and that makes me kind of sad because I was like, I'm ready for the rest of them. Uh, they're I think all good. I just like this one best. The movie couple, that movie is just fantastic. I'm with you on that. Like, if you liked it so much, Kirk, why didn't you also submit a list when I was supposed to do movie couples this week? Huh? This could have been on it. Um, but overall, uh, I had a lot of fun with this. The story overall is just shut up, Bar. You're a piece of your, your hack. Go away. 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. It's like when I say Birdman, Birdman or Spider Man, and they all just running from the chest. Um, uh, but yeah, overall, Thin Man, I thought the story. I didn't care about the. I didn't even care about like the thing. It's a quick in in and out movie. Like doesn't stay overstay its welcome. But it's which when a movie's ninety minutes meant like it's good 90 that's great um it doesn't overstay it's welcome i didn't care about the overall like plot of it i just like to see the couple on screen and what they interacted with each other because the chemistry was like really good so great choice for me this next one on the other hand didn't have great time with it i was kind of miserable um (laughs) It's the over the top stuff when you said, you know, they did this over the. You mean the movie? <laughs> the movie just stays in this thing. You have another movie on your list that we'll talk about later about just hanging out or just being in the world that you're living in. A lot better than this one right here. Um, Fen Man should be higher than this one. Um, I wanted this to end. I checked the runtime numerous times. There's a part where. The Wayne's brothers, I guess. Sh- the, I mean, they they're in the movie, but they show up, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what the hell, Kurt? Why is this on your list? Like, this makes no sense." Then you gave it like three and a half stars, and then I started like texting you, and I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna let him leave him alone. I'll talk to him on the show." This one just confused the shit out of me. Uh, maybe it's our age difference, but no, not a great time. Did not have fun. Uh all right, now we get to punch each other this is gonna be fun we'll see what everybody else is jake take it away with your seven i think this is like a community fan favorite of this one uh my number seven is warrior (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah this was i want to say this was deep cuts in full metal back in 2019 yep I don't know. Do you know who picked this one, Joseph? I don't know. Somebody I must have suggested it without, without, with not on the public post. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but uh, I watched this uh, specifically wanted to play Michael and Caleb at the end of the year. I was in a one contenders match when me and Cameron Holtzman were a team, and I literally watched it the night before, and I went in with like weirdly like just no expectations. I heard everyone loves this movie, and I was just like, "Oh, I'll be the judge of that." And it just turned out to deliver on every aspect of the movie, Uh, especially the relationship between the two brothers. I think Joe Egerton and Tom Hardy are just fantastic, playing like almost polar opposites, and not just in like personality, but also just the way they fight. I think it's really fun seeing their kind of the different styles. Um, also, shout out Nick, Nol- Nick Nolte. I think this may be his second best performance ever. Uh, his first performance, he may seem like a month or so when I talk about it. But I think that he is just like, as the gruffled alcoholic or you know, sober dad, he's just fantastic in every scene that he's in. Um, and I also just really like the action scenes. I think Grillo is also really good. You know, remember Beethoven. Um, and there's just so much like emotional weight that you would not have expected from a movie like this. Um, it deserves all the claim that it gets and more. Uh, my number six. No, that oh. no, we get to talk now, Shaw. Right, get on this show. 90% of the time, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> I've been on the show since August. I'm I know. Still- I know. Okay. So pause. There are a few things I will catch up on. One, I have an Arizona Cardinals hat because I do not have a football team. I play fantasy football, and Kyler Murray is my quarterback on my dynasty team. Two, Cassie, if you think he's 25, look at his hairline. It's like mine. Please, let's get over it. Emotional, damn it. 
Bar's old as shit. Just like me. Let's get over ourselves, okay? Oh let's get over ourselves, okay? Kathy, let's not pub, you know, help us eat. Uh, now back to the show. Warrior. Hi, Mo speaking. There's a sound coming. I don't know where it is. Please make it stop. Um, Nick Nolte, I want to be my father. Not from this movie. But just in life, I feel like I am his son. I love when he yells, I love when he screams. It's like it is amazing. Uh, it's amazing cinema. This movie, I love so much. Great Pittsburgh movie. I'll start by a great Pittsburgh movie. Can't wait to visit the city, but um, that story back and forth, like even when Nick Nolte, like comes to um oh what's the actor not tom hardy but joel edgerton joel edgerton joel edgerton okay i think it's from spence is where the other sound's coming from um that's fair uh when he shows up he's like you have a phone call or you have this that's it and he's like you can't hate me forever like i'm, I'm a thousand days so like trying to like Get, and he's like, nah, Bob. And he's like, just the old man. You just see the heartbreak on him. They've been beaten by both of these people. And, like, it hits a little closer to home because I've had a father figure similar. But, like, especially when Tom Hardy, like, in the moment when he just loses it, when Nick Nolte breaks his sobriety and he's, like, screaming, and, like, he's sitting there and just, like, we're back in the whole thing again. It's a really emotional movie mixed in with, like, one of my favorite sports of UFC. So it, like, has both things for me in this movie. Um I watched it just. I watched it before you even sent me this list. It's an easy rewatch for me. I have so much fun watching it just because, like, I think it's a complex story that's told over UFC. Basically, it's it's really it's a really good movie. Um, everybody else on Warrior. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I also watched it after it was added on the 2019 Full Metal Deep Cuts list, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. The uh, the story may be a little predictable, but most sports movies are kind of technically but the emotions that it makes are still really really intense and really great Nick Nolte is definitely the best my, definitely my favorite part of this movie and I also just felt uh the the fights in this movie made me feel pain sometimes because of how real uh, how real the sound sometimes feel it, it's it's sometimes brutal but I, I really liked it, yes. Really good pick. Uh, yeah, it's a great Pittsburgh movie, crappy Philly movie. Uh, it's very it's very much um, – it does what sports movies are supposed to do. It takes the, uh, like, emotional human drama and, like, puts it into the sport and, like, makes the sport a metaphor for their lives. And that's exactly what this is, you know, especially in that final fight. Um, it does that so well. And yeah, like you said, Cody, just like that, like the the the, the relationships and like that broken uh, brokenness between them all is just so real. And um, you know, I recognize that too. Um, I've only seen it once, um, but I still think it's pretty good. I know Nico Rigoli says that it's not a good movie because the fights are too fast and the prize money at the end of the uh, at the end of the tournament is too much money. Um, so I guess it sucks. Sorry, Nico. <laughs> Wow. I mean, this is my top 100. What do you expect? Uh, it's probably the best sports movie ever. If not, it's at least top three. Uh, it's 
legitimately perfect. I have no flaws with it. It's incredible. Uh, Moby Dick breaks my heart every time. <laughs> like it's just it's 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 incredible. He hasn't been that angry since the Hulk was around. Um, uh, but I and I will say yes. You have to just you have to like the undefeated Russian fighter comes in and school teacher beats his ass. Like yeah. let's be real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to like Probably, okay. Yeah. I, I'm it on board. Rule. Let's go. <laughs> I know. We, I was still pumped when he did it. Um, uh, yeah, and he lost that debate. I think. Uh, what's your number six, Jake? Uh, my number six is thank you, Cameron Redshaw. It is Ace in the Hole. Um, so I saw this uh, in uh, our until match last year. Um, I will be completely honest. Billy Wilder is definitely a filmmaker. I had no experience really watching. I think before trivia, I had only seen Sunset Boulevard. Um, and slowly as I've gone in this community, I've seen some like at heart witness for the prosecution, uh, Stalag 17, which I thought was really good, but I would say Ace in the Hole is my favorite of the Wilder movies I've seen. I really, really love Kirk Douglas in this movie. I think his energy and his salesman pitch persona, I think really works with this type of uh, story and this movie. Like he's just looking for his ace in the hole. He's looking for that story that he can, that will make him famous and popular. And eventually he finds the story and it corrupts him and he corrupts the story and he makes it. Uh, and eventually he just tries to become, a, he basically becomes a leech and just, just tries to just suck all the life force from this story uh, to um, unfortunate uh, turn of events that happen at the end. And it's just, it's great writing, it's great directing, and almost as if Wilder just, like, directed this movie in his sleep, because he just is always so good at how he makes movies that it just, I feel like he just makes a great movie on his off day, and it just turns out to be a masterpiece. Ace in the Hole, I just think, is fantastic in almost every aspect. It's, yeah, I, I Billy Wilder, I, I think in my review, I just said, like, has Billy Wilder made a bad movie? Um, I don't think he can, really, uh, as far as what I've seen, and I think this is his, this is definitely my favorite movie. Oh my gosh, there's other directors out there besides Billy Wilder. Jeez, Louise. Okay, I done my Zach Ford for the day. Um, no, I will just like Wilder uh, is the best director, in my opinion, of just being able to bounce from genre to genre and not miss. Like he does a courtroom drama, he does he does a, a comedy, he does a noir, Whoa. like he a war, he just fills every box and just does it to perfection at times. There are some misses later in his category. Like there just is, but um, uh, I disagree. I like Armola Deuce, but um, I understand uh, Jack Lemon and Shirley McLean will always go to pass for me. Um, shut up, Kirk. We all know you. Um, uh, but <laughs> uh, I think Ace in the Hole is great. Kirk Douglas looking back on his career. It's kind of crazy to me. Like a household name and been in a lot of great things, just never really just never got an Oscar, which is kind of crazy, right? I think he never did. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but he's just been in stuff. And this movie, to be in this, and you're right, like the descent into madness that he basically creates on screen of like, oh, this is just this one thing, and then turns it into this mega story and basically sucks the life out of this entire thing to get it. It's just his character arc is crazy in Ace in the Hole. Um, I think the movie is, um, I think the movie's great. I think it's one of his best um, 
there's a run in there from Wilder that he literally does not miss. He picks up the camera, shoots, and goes, and he he does not have a miss. So, um, great great choice for this. You could have picked a lot if from Wilder, honestly. If Ace in the Hole is yours, like I don't, I do not see a problem with that. Everybody else with Ace in the Hole. I watched this for the first time this year. I also this was also. I just re- I just watched this for the first time. I liked it as well. It's not quite my favorite Billy Wilder, but the direction and the writing is very very sharp, and it's very uh, kind of uh, eer- eer- eerie and also disturbing about how how wrong all the things can get with how out of hand the media circus can make things go, and it's really it's honestly a, it. It kept me captivated for pretty much the re- pretty much the the runtime. Uh, yeah, there's just there's just other Wilder movies that I prefer over this one, but it's a really good movie. I'm basically in the same camp as Joseph. Uh, it's I think when you're when you're being presented like, oh hey, it's a Wilder I haven't seen before. It's like okay, this is gonna be incredible, one of the best movies ever. And like just say to say that I was underwhelmed isn't like a slight against the film. It's like it's a four star. It's really good. It's just of the Wilders I've seen, it ends up being on the lower end because of how much quality the man put out. It's still a very good movie. I just don't think I had, I was as attached to the story as I probably could have been. What I love, one of the things I love so much about Wilder is how ahead of his time what he was and how modern his movies are. Um, and this is one of them. The movies over seventy years old. Um, if it was came out brand new now, you just put on the 2020 release slate, it would fit in perfectly and make complete sense. Um, and yeah, it's it's probably I'd say it's probably top five order for me. I really like it. it; just really has an edge to it um, that I enjoy in, in his movies. You know, he has like something to say, and you could tell he's got a little bit of anger uh, underneath the surface. Um, I think that really uh, helps it. And uh, yeah, Douglas is great in this, and just the whole thing, like you said, like that, just that that character arc is so good. Um, I will say, like, before anybody dives into it, it's an, honestly an interesting thing. Don't start with his top of the top. Because if you go to his top of the top and watch The Apartment and Sunset and those things and then follow this, Ace in the Hole won't live up to maybe the hype that you created in your head from his other movies. Like, that's just a fact. He does miss, a, he does miss by the way, Kiss Me Stupid as a movie, and that is what Me Too is all created. It, that's what Me Too is about. Literally, Dean Dean Martin shows up to town. Exactly, goes, like I'm I said, it's a very with your wife, and she goes, "Okay, what? No, that's, that's not how it's what? That's, that's like the first so, time it's a Braveheart, right? It's so fucking oh. weird, it's so awkward. Um, okay, what I saw in terms of Wilder watching, I saw The Apartments, then Stalag Seventeen, then Some Like It Hot, and Witness for the Prosecution, and then. And then later, later, isn't the whole just started up here. Yeah, you give double indemnity three stars and say he doesn't miss. Shut your mouth. Three stars. <laughs> not, that's, not a, that's not firing all cylinders. That's what? Uh, Gosh, you're so. You're, okay. Go to your. Why are you pulling me? I'm right. Fuck you. You're not right. Uh, my number five. Uh, great look. Great wow. look. Oh, man. Um, Thank you, Caleb Bowman. Again, it is Dog Day Afternoon. Somebody hates Thank you. on this panel. Best yeah, I can't wait to. Pandering. I... Okay. Um, 
Yeah, this is also the same match with uh, Lost in America, the Tata match. Caleb picked. This is with deep cuts, so I had to really extensively like pay attention with this one. Um, it's really hard to talk about anything new about this movie. It's uh, speaking of Sidney Lumet, it's one of his best movies. He always just brings the best performances out of every actor he I works with. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. Uh, whether he, whether they're veterans or first-time actors, he always gives the best performance out of everyone. And I think Pacino and Kazali and even Chris Sarandon and Lance Henriksen, like all four of them, are fantastic. I am shocked that John Kazali did not get an Oscar nomination. He would have, at least, I would have given him the the Oscar nod. I would have probably given him the win if I. I can't really remember seventy-three, but uh, or seventy-five, but uh, I'll tell you in a sec. Um, no and yeah um yeah and it's just it's it's just this great film about someone just desperate for this uh for the surgery and kind of the story that it kind of builds and it opens with an ellen john song and i love that and it's it's really yeah what else can i really say it's dog day afternoon it's one of the best crime movies ever and it's one of the best seventies movies it's just fantastic i think that's a question for you multiplex i'm sorry I mean, it's in my top 100, too. Um, it was just on a fairly fresh watch, so I didn't get the chance to uh, watch as many times to climb on my list. I think it's up in the 30s now for me. I think Dog Day... Dog Day is... Um, I won't say much because I'm not on the show next week, but if you submit it, I don't want to talk because obviously this movie will probably make a lot of people's list. But I, what I will say is this movie, I've said it before, is way above it, way before its time. The balls on this movie to pull what they did in the 70s is crazy to me. Like, it's a, such an important story. When it takes the turn, I'm like, whoa. Like, I'm watching this from the 70s right now. Like, that's hats off to the story and everything about it. Um, um, I think it's, I think it's absolutely incredible film. I just, me and Kirk have talked in depth in this movie. I think this, I think this movie just has so much to say. And arguably, you can go shot for shot one of Pacino's best from the 70s, and Michael Corleone is sitting there. So, like, that's crazy to say. Uh, everybody else, Kirk, you can go last. Because yeah. um, you've talked this one. Yeah. So, like, I like I already said, like, I already got, like, a 70s limit category from Kirk, and Murder appeared earlier on this. If I hadn't seen this prior to Kirk giving it to me, it would have been top three for me for this exact same show. It's amazing fucking incredible possibly like top five favorite films of the 70s for me it's the, the fact that code we're still waiting on cody to be like yeah you picked a shit movie when this is on the list is shocking to me i want to see what takes jake down because right now he's up here for me i mean this people have crazy. hits there's people with a lot of hits but they're i watched 16 movies and let's not they're not all great i've seen uh, this one before i didn't have to watch it for the show <laughs> Uh, I really like this movie as well. I think the atmosphere and the sweat that you see on everybody in the bank is very palpable and it just gives you such uh, anxiety and seeing how it all uh, unfold, unfolds, unfolds in the last 15 minutes, which are just really, really tense. And then just suddenly uh, the way the story ends was really, really shocking to me. Did not expect it. And uh yeah, it's a really great movie. It's still very uh it's still it's still strange that this actually happened to me. It's 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 crazy to me, but but it made for a great movie. Um yeah, this movie's absolute magic. Um it's it's worked its way up to me. It's it's my number one now. I I can't argue with it. Um 
there, there might be some other movies that, that I could say make an argument for being better, but this is just, I think, one of the greatest, like, just exercises in movie making ever. Uh, so much work went in. Last time I saw it, watched it was a couple months ago. A local art house theater had uh, a show, and they were doing Seventies Week, and I got to see it on the big screen the first time. I took my daughter and seeing it with a crowd was so cool. Just you know, seeing people, listening to people react was so much fun. Uh, I won't say much more. Tune in next week for City Lament Top Ten Movies. Uh, submit your list, and we will discuss this before then. Hopefully, if you're swearing, you have it on your list. And and Kathy Bowman played Jake and gave him this movie. That's why he picked it. That's why he yeah. thanked Bowman for doing. I never, it. unfortunately, got to play Kirk uh, in Warzone or you know maybe side. Um, also, yeah, I this is the movie. Also, when people ask for me recommendations and they haven't seen, it's the one actually the first one that I actually throw um, out to people to watch Dog Day. Um, I, there's other movies that I could possibly, but I think Dog Day. I also bought it for Robert Parker for Secret Santa this year, so I yes. think it, yeah. it, it play it just plays super well for um, I think for most people, and it's an important story that I think a lot of people need to check out. Uh, for for Jake. I'm still waiting on my Secret Santa. It's been two fucking months. Uh, my number four is... I'm not trying to do this, but Caleb Bertman has given me like so many good movies. Uh, number four is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. This is one of those top movies that I had never seen, and I'm kind of upset about that. Uh, so last year, I didn't really watch a lot of people's movies unless it was like a, a title match. Um, with this one in the tournament, I was like, you know what? I've never seen this. Both picked Paul Newman Oscar-nominated movies. I'm going to watch this just because, like, I haven't seen it. And this is going to be a fun time. Uh, turned out to be a fantastic time. It's it's absolutely fantastic. I would like to watch more Westerns, but this one has such a unique personality that it's not really about the story. It's just about these two characters and just kind of their... They just kind of want to rub. They just want to steal. And what I really like about the best aspects of the movie for me is just the character moments between Cassidy and Sundance. Like... The, before they jump into the river, like they, 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 they struggle. Like they don't know how or when or like what they're gonna do, and uh, they're nervous. And then even moments like when I can't remember which one it is, but with when they're riding the bike, and then uh, raindrops keep falling on my head. Which second best use of that song? The other one, the best one, is from the 2004 superhero movie. Um, but it's just really fun, and I was surprised how funny it is. There's so many great funny moments uh, throughout the movie that really just comes from the writing and from these two characters and it's yeah and also i just think the shootout at the end is like really well done george rohill a uh, really fantastic filmmaker uh he just knew how to like direct action things like that uh so yeah uh this was fantastic i can't wait to watch it again it's weirdly in australia on disney plus so nothing says disney like butch cassidy and the sundance <laughs> kid um I the thing that works really well for this movie is just Newman and uh, Redford's chemistry together as a, a duo. They they are two. They every movie they do together, it just makes you feel like you want to hang out with that group that, with those two. Uh, Paul Newman probably back there are probably people back in the classics but just the definition of class in any movie ever he just seems like the most classy individual that's ever walked this earth um i i love this movie it was on my watch list for so long never watched it watched it last year for the first time um uh, i will agree with you i think the better use for that song is also in the same movie so i'll, I'll have i'll agree with you um but overall i it doesn't it's not I don't know why I didn't have, have much expectations for it besides 
people have recommended in the past, but it just worked for me on all, uh, always. I haven't watched it since. I probably will rewatch it. I didn't want to watch it for this because I had so many others, but great choice. Um, everybody else on Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I have not seen it. Uh, not my favorite Paul Newman, Robert Redford collaboration, but I still enjoyed this movie. This movie, uh, I did not expect to be uh, written by the guy who wrote The Princess Bride, but the different types of camarader- the camaraderie in it and the humor in the dialogues also made me feel like, okay, yeah, now I can see that. It's, it's a very entertaining movie. Uh, not, one that, not one that I quite love like others, but I enjoy it. Yeah, uh, I'm a Joseph. I think I prefer the Sting as you know between the two collaboration, you know, actors, director, uh, no, collab. Uh, but this is still solid, um, and I I just love that the the, uh, the combination uh, or the the just the kind of feel to their relationship and their friendship and their vibe and how like they're they're these like really fair gunfighters, but they're also kind of screw ups and they're just completely flying by the seat of their pants, um, and it really. Uh, combines the draw the comedy of that and the drama of their life and like the sadness of their life and just how like that world is coming to an end uh and how they're dealing with that uh but yeah it's a it's it's a good movie it's solo pick uh you mean you, you might want to drop it you might want to kirk you might want to drop and come back you're breaking up a little bit on that last time we heard most of it, but okay, get out of here. All right, we're going to start with Spence with your seven. My number seven, uh, shout out to Caleb Boatman versus Cameron Holtzman, two, and Antel. Uh, Oscar nominated Paul Newman, go ahead, Luke. Just really awesome movie. Uh, I was going to, I wanted to watch it for the longest time because it's one of my dad's two favorite movies with Pitch Perfect. I'm like, okay, I think I feel like I should get around to it eventually. And it really, it took until this for me to like really sit down and take it in. And it's just really incredible in a way that I didn't expect. Because again, like, you're, you're, I, I say it a lot. It's like, I don't really love older films. I have, I have a hard time really connecting. Especially this one. Like, it's very methodical in its pace. Like, if there's no, like, I don't feel there's any, like, really, it's so negative. I feel like there's not really a lot of engaging moments which are like, like holding you tight to the screen and forcing you to watch until, like, closer to the end. I, like the, from the first scene, I am just gripped and watching and so like with the experience. And I think a lot of that is just seeing, honestly, I, I think I think the thing that sold me on it was seeing Luke's family and how his connections to them and how each of them is different. And then that reflected in his reaction with the other prisoners and this like desire to not only escape, but just like be loved by them. And it's just, it's fa- it's fascinating. And it's such a smartly written movie and I'm so happy I got the right questions about it because it was just a great time. Yeah, Cool Hand Luke is one of those movies that I watched for the first time and fell in love with. I think, again, Newman, probably one of my favorite like classic actors. Um, I think he's just so good at what he does. I don't look at eggs the same way because of this movie. Um, that scene really makes me not feel great. I don't like eggs in general, but it really didn't help me with <laughs> this scene and Newman just having to get him force fed in his mouth, basically. Um, this is movie has it's it's there's an actor in it, I won't be able to pull his name. He's a character actor from like all over George, George, George Kennedy. Kennedy. George Kennedy, yeah. Kennedy, yeah, yeah. Uh 
I I find him so intriguing in movies when he shows up and stuff. He's like a great like personality around. Um, yeah, Cooley and Luke is one. If you don't haven't seen it before, I always confuse this and Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. Don't ask me why. No clue. No indication of why those two were always like in my head. But uh, Cooley and Luke, I think it's awesome. So uh, everybody else on Cool Hand Luke. I haven't seen it. I've seen this once, and I think it's well made. I don't know what came. I don't know what I. Um, I I I do want to rewatch this movie because I did appreciate it the one time I see it. I just didn't love it. I guess it was more, uh, not to spoil it exactly, but it was more of a downer than I expected. But. I do. That's why I want to give it a rewatch because I I know what it's trying to do and I and I see what its message is trying to be. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't quite love it now, but I would be willing to rewatch it. Yeah, I love this movie so much. Uh, I didn't watch it for trivia. I just watched. It. I think it was on Netflix or something. I was just going through as many classics I hadn't hit. Um, and Paul Newman's great in this. George Kennedy is great in this. I love their relationship and their arc. And that fight, that boxing match is so great because it just informs you everything you need to know about the character Luke and um, you know who he is and you know what he's gonna what he's gonna do and what he's gonna go through. Um, the plastic Jesus scene is just devastating. That scene is a gut punch. Uh, one of the hardest things to get through in a movie ever. Um, yeah, this quickly became one of my favorite prison movies, and it's definitely top tier Paul Newman for me. We should do top ten GL movies for a while. And I will say, Jake, we've had a visceral reaction when you hadn't watched Cool Hand Luke. Here's the thing: I always, I'm the worst at this. When I think of great trivia players and stuff, they've seen everything, right? That's not the case. Like they pull a lot of stuff. So that's my bad. I shouldn't always have that reaction. I just think that most people have seen movies. If I've seen it, there's probably a problem. <laughs> that's what I always think. Like I don't, I just, we have different tastes in film. Like that's you've seen so stuff true. that I haven't. You watch a rubber tire. Hell yeah. He did just say he studied Oscar nominated Paul Newman for Boatman, so him missing this is weird. Like just um, I I told you I watched one movie and that was Butch Cassidy. Oh, I that's that's true. <laughs> Because he didn't watch it for anybody. Because I didn't, yeah, I didn't really care about other people's friends unless it was a title match. Because he never got to get them. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, what's your six? Uh, my six, uh, shout out to Adam Collins for picking this as a deep cut uh, about Schmidt. Uh, I watched this for Bill Cariola in uh, Full Metal, my debut there. Oh, just really solid. Uh, talking to the two annoying Calebs uh, about, they just, they love uh, Alexander Payne. And it's just like this one just felt weird to me, of like, I never, I never like pictured this as, as like a pain movie. I, I, I see his films a lot more as like the, uh, the offbeat comedy. So this is like, oh, just I feel like this would feel like really depressing about getting old. So what do I do? I watch it with five of my friends on call, uh, and honestly, it was a really good time. Like genuinely, I think it's just, it's a it's a strangely watchable film. Like, yes, it's harrowing, and, ha and seeing his wife, like, dead on the floor is, like, a fucking heartbreaking moment. But it's it's one of those films that I honestly don't, like, feel the the sadness as a weight through the movie. Like, I enjoy watching it. I think that uh, Nicholson's incredible. I love Kathy Bates in it. Uh, one of the Dermots is in it, and he's really nice. Like, it's, it's just, it's a film that I think is strangely rewarding to watch, even if, uh, you could go in experience like expecting like just a really depressing film. 
I watched this movie uh, for the first time. And my entire thought process the entire time of watching it is, how the fuck did people hop on call and watch this movie for the first time together? And you didn't just all just walk freely off your balcony. Like, <laughs> what? Like, I'm just, <laughs> this movie threw me off so bad. I don't think it's great. I think it's fine overall. I didn't love the movie. I thought it was, I think Nicholson's great because Nicholson's a great actor. But it was such a weird, I couldn't get it out of my head the entire time that I was watching it. Um, I will say, and this is just going to be a pause in the show because I don't really care. Coho, um, before call, I got on to Coho watching a movie on his phone. This fucker just logged No Country for Old Men. Why we're on call and says it's a great double feature. How the fuck you watch both of them? We've only been live an hour and you talked about a scene in it. Three times speed. I want it's on. How are you already giving an exact quote? You're going to exact. I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. You hate cinema. I hate you. I don't like you anymore. Why are you calling me? I'm right. You're fucking. There's nothing right about what you thought. You should be held. You are literally. You should. I want to take you to a frozen lake and ask you, death or exile. One of the two things need to happen at this point. Everybody else on about Schmidt. It's fine. That's my best thing. It's nothing that rises above any level of a three star movie for me. I haven't seen it. I really like Payne's other films that I've seen, but I yeah should probably give this one a, a check out. This was a movie that I watched for the first time for trivia. Actually, it was against Kirk uh, a few years ago. Uh, I think it was good. I think I, it was good. Uh, Does but... Kirk even remember? <laughs> Sorry. Does Kirk remember the match? Did I give you this to you? No, Adam. Adam it was on the Full Metal Deep Cuts. Adam. Uh, okay. 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 <laughs> Uh, no, but 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 yeah, uh, I liked the movie. It was fine, and then the ending happens, and that hit hard for me. Yeah, I like this. Um, Nicholson's solid. Like seeing him is just an old man because, like, even as he got older, he never really played an old man. And seeing him in that condition is tough, and I think that really adds to just like the the weight of the movie. Um, but it's good. It's just a good commentary on like you don't see movies about that, just about like getting older and how you're going to deal with it. And it's kind of a horror movie in that sense, um, but it also has like some like glimmers of hope and like understanding of like how you're going to get through it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't love it, but it's, it's a solid movie. Above Cool Hand Luke is a fucking crime. Um, I can't wait to see your triple feature coho that plays along with this. Um, uh, uh, yeah. And he's power. done. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just quits. Um, all right, what is your fifth one? Okay, so I don't know who picked this. If you all know, I guess you two would know. Shout out in the comments. Uh, I studied for, studied this for Full Metal against Sean. Uh, it is Videodrome. Not a Cody movie, but you know what? It fucking rules. Uh, I I think I think this is something maybe one of my most like said phrases on YLS. It's like I really like horror movies, and I've gotten into it since giving this community, and I've gotten a lot of opportunities to watch great horror films because of everything going on. And this is one of them. Holy shit. Uh, the big red flag this red flag for this movie, James Woods being a lead should not be a selling point, but he is great as like just this douchey dude who is then put through the fucking ringer of seeing the worst things in the world. And 
I don't know. I I like the I like the idea of I don't know, like him him discovering what is basically um, like a snuff film and like, like like becoming obsessed with it and it taking over his life and as he like journeys to basically follow like this like this capture of cruelty everything around him starting to shatter and his, and his like violence as a person coming at, coming out and it has these really intense like grotesque visuals that keep me in a rapture like fucking incredible movie i i, I wanted to rewatch it before the show and i didn't get time to because of fucking planet of the apes but you know what fucking love this movie incredible don't 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 worry i did it for you i watched it for you um Dude, right. the best thing about this movie is the runtime. Um, what I will say, because it doesn't stay too long, but fucking hell. But he doesn't James Wood does not see the worst thing going on. Because this movie is probably the worst thing. Because I get to see James Wood play out in this movie. I hate this movie. I hated this movie. I I understand. Believe me. Let me let me tell you something before we get started. I know the message from this movie. I get it. It's clear. Clear. It did the Adam McKay style of Fuck you. you get it now? Oh, we're going to make it worse. We're going to make it creepy. You understand now? Yeah, fucking kill me. I hate this movie. James Woods, I literally started the movie. James Woods shows up. I was like, huh, why don't I watch more movies with James Woods in it? Near the end of it, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch James Woods in anything ever again because I won't be able to look at him the same way. I'm going to watch what? it as an animated Hades. That's it. Yeah. Um. That's it because <laughs> I don't get to see his face. I saw, and I wish this was the worst <laughs> movie on Spitz's list. No, Cody. <laughs> it is not. Uh, we'll get to that later. Everybody else on Videodrome. Tell me how great of a film this is, Jake Marangoni. Uh Seth Sam not seen it. Cronenberg oh, oh, is a is a blind spot for me. You probably like it. Probably. I, <laughs> I also watched it for Deep Cuts last year. I think this was probably Ethan. I guess this is probably I was Ethan thinking Ethan. Yeah. I think this was Dylan. Could be oh, Dylan. Okay, yeah, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan, yeah. But um yeah, to me, like the thing about this movie is it starts to get good and then it's over. Like as soon as it gets across my interest, like if this you condense this down into like the first act, like 15, 20 minutes, and then you saw everything else because like James Woods like shooting that gun at the end. He's what, what does he yell? What's like his phrase? Long live the, the new flesh. Yeah, like the new flesh. And I'm like, what's the new flesh? Why do I care about it? Like it's it, it like the movie like never really happened. Um, so there's like some it's almost like Lynchian where there's like and I don't mean that in a good way where there's like seeds of some good ideas, but like it never comes together to anything that's like worth watching. Um, so this was a miss for me. Did you just say you wish this thing was fucking longer? No, oh, I yeah. wish like it, like this was just the first act because like at the end is the only time I'm really interested in what's going on. It's like, okay, let's go from here and see what happens. And it's over. Uh, I also had this for full metal studying deep cuts last year. And this is as much a movie for me as it is for Cody. Uh, I like some horror. Um, there's some body horror that I also like. Alien's one of my favorite movies. This movie's just a little out there for me. I'm not really, not not really into it. Sorry. Okay, it's your four. 
Cody, how can you not like Psycho Gore, man? Hey, Todd? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I, I just want to. I want to. I want to say. I do. By the way, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm going to spoil this fucking shit out of this thing in a second. Just like I don't fucking give two shits. It is going to be. If you want, if you're on call and you want to leave, go for it. I'm going to brutalize this movie in a second, just to let you know. I love that you probably you probably watched this with Mike, right? And he gave it five stars, and you're just like, I fucking hate my existence. I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> it's just so much fun. So I, I, I doubled up on this. I watched it for uh, Kumite versus um, Time Shift, as well as Meltzer versus uh, Holtz win a title match. Dude. Dude. This is so much fun. Literally. Like, one of the most dangerous people in the universe is, is like, on the, under the enslavement, basically, of this, like, little fucking psychopath, like, preteen. And she's just, like... He's like, I am this great warrior, and I've come to defend my race and my place. I don't, I don't really care, dude. Don't like beat up my bully. This guy, like, turn him into a fucking blob, little brain monster. And like, you know what? It's fucking rules. They make up a spore and play in the climax of the film. It's just, this is one of the most fun movies I've seen in a long time because it does exactly what I want, where it puts a lot of effort into shit that means basically nothing. Like, really great special effects, both, like, practical and visual. I think the writing is top-notch and truly understanding. Like, these aren't good people. Everyone in this movie is a piece of shit, and you want to see them get fucking murdered. And it's great just to watch everything go out. And the guy from Red Letter Media, Red Letter Media and Patton Oswalt being aliens and getting shit kicked in by PG, awesome. Every inch of this film is pure fun. And if you don't like it, you're probably... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you. This is just fucking awesome. Okay. Um, this movie's a fucking pile of garbage. Like, this movie is... I understand what it's trying to do is 80s horror and fucking go watch 80s horror. Go fucking enjoy all that is of 80s horror. Watch a fucking marathon of it before watching this one. The comedy does not work in this movie. The comedy is not funny whatsoever. It is poorly written, and it almost puts in a laugh track when shit is supposed to make you laugh. Um, Mike Hanley had a damn good time because he watched me be miserable for an hour and a half. This movie <laughs> felt like three hours and 35 minutes of fucking hell. I could, like... Like, there are so many plot holes in this movie. That just fucking pisses me off. The, and I get it. I get it. I guess I overanalyze this movie. But guess what? When it makes sense to, I should. This fucking thing, of all things, this this interdimensional being, blah, 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 is put down in the fucking playground of these children's backyards. In a, sub, in a subdivision, these fuckers, this thing crawls out of the fucking earth, misses every, every house around him full of people that he can fucking brutally murder and what does he do he goes and finds the three crackheads in the in the thing to shoot thing and then guess who shows up guess who shows up of all people the two children one that is holding the special rock to control this fucking guy psycho gorman it's the power rangers if you've ever made fun of nico rj or 
uh, Tim Smith. This is the fucking that is Rita that comes down at one point, and after ten thousand years, she's finally free from the fucking trash can. It sits there, and they do this. There's no Megazords. There's no fucking anything cool. But they end up fighting like Power Rangers this entire time. And then at one point, these aliens come down that are supposed to work with them. You go, wow, we actually like it when we don't have to deal with you. So here we go. And then they end up brutally hurting this guy that's supposed to be the strongest. Oh, they. And guess what? If you say a bunch of fucking made up fucking words and make it interesting, like, oh, in the galactic beams of the, the nexus of the giant penis of the intergalactic space station, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make your movie more interesting or funny. It makes it stupid because just because you say words that you think are interesting or make it sound like your movie is out of this world, it makes it fucking stupid. Guess what? I hate Jake Meltzer. I didn't have to watch it for him, but he hates me. And now that he likes this movie, Death, I hate it. I can't stand it. You like this movie and you think it's good cinema. This movie is absolute, absolute horse garbage. This is up to Wolf Cop standards of a movie. This, I, 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 the double no. feature of this and Wolf Cop are almost hand in hand. It's gort, it's grotesque for the sake of grotesque. It does stupid bodily horror for the sake of it. And the guy that she kisses, the little fucking puke, little, little bitch of a little girl that I would like to kick in the head during this movie. One, her parents need to do a better job raising her. But the second thing is, they turn her into a giant, this boy that she kisses at one point, goes, oh, you're kind of cute. Just turn around, let me see the dance. Turns him into a brain, and guess what? Psycho fucking Gorman leaves, and the fucker's still a brain! No, <laughs> what did he do? Show up at your house? This movie has no point. No point. I hate it. This going to fucking... Oh, I want to hate this movie. What? Emotional, damn it! But don't you love intergalactic warriors when they're bored? Just read gay porn magazines and watch like shitty LCD TVs. I don't care for monkey boys. What decade is this? What decade is this spot set in? Eighties, I think. I think. Oh, never mind. See, no one's clear, but the fucker carries a giant box VH, VHS TV combo set. The kid carries it. Kirk, we're about, you're a little older than me. That fucker thing weighs 75 pounds, and that kid carries it like it weighs nothing. I hated it. Miserable. What is this? Complaint? What do you mean, what? What, oh, what do you mean, this complaint? Shut your mouth. You can go and draw, draw your psycho gourmet entire porn. Get out of my face. <laughs> Everybody else on Psycho Gorman, tell me how great of the film this is and what you missed. Uh, Spence talked about how you want to see all these characters brutally murdered. Uh, I kind of wanted to see Mimi brutally murdered because she's the most grating character. She's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) And she's in the movie for the whole time. And she spins her brother around just to make him a fucking... His brother... She should have found he should have found a fucking revolver and shot her. She is a terrorist in this movie, and she gets away with hate. Uh, she gets away with war crimes. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, and I muted you because I didn't want spoilers. And I gotta say, watching that with the sound down was maybe my one of my all time favorite things I've seen on YLS. Um, when this is when I once I watch the movie, I I gotta go back and watch that rant because I know it's it's gonna be great. Um, but I love the premise of this and like a good, like weird sci-fi premise. And is it Rich Evans, the great Rich Evans in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. You can't miss that. Yeah. 
Um, so I watched this movie because Cody and I are in a we're in a we're in a chat and we had an Oscar bet uh, last year and Matt Quayle, I think it was a three way tie. I can't remember who the other two. I remember Matt picking Psycho Gorman for me, uh, so and I watched. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, and I watched it and the film the make or break on this movie is mimi if you do not like the character if you are like immediately uh like hate the character you are not going to like the movie i thought she was hilarious i thought she was amazing i just loved the idea of a sociopathic borderline like insane little girl and her crazy rules on the world that she <laughs> the way she just interprets the world and how she's essentially a psychopath essentially a psychopath and she controls the dark lord of the universe that is it's incredible um it's really it's i mean you say it's an 80s like it's supposed to emulate the 80s horror it's 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 trying to be a b-movie in the 80s sense and it's not like the quality of it no it's not trying to be like the quality it's just the story and the ideas and the gore uh pun not intended but it is so much fun i had a blast watching this movie i think it's great uh it's it's really hard to come on it's it is a hard pitch it's a hard sell to people really um you just have to be a specific type of crazy person like spencer i uh to really love this movie um and yeah i i'm so happy that i've seen it i would like to watch it again i think it's fantastic Next little feature guys, PG and Scooby Doo too. We're gonna have a great. Oh time. god, <laughs> I will do that. I swear to God, I will fucking yes. do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Worst movie I watched for a while. Us, by the way, that's the worst. Fuck you. That is Absolutely that is an insane not. take. Name one. Name one that you think was not. You can't because yeah. Thank you, Psycho Gorman. You said you literally just said it's trying to be a B movie. Well, guess what? Succeeded. It's actually an F. But you know, I'll give you a B because I think the F would be like literally like um, uh, what's it called? Like uh, a snuff film. Like holy shit! Like we're that's level. So I'm gonna give no, you no, a that, B that's and... Videodrome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to, to tell you the truth, I'd rather be in Videodrome than Psycho Gorman. <laughs> okay, uh, if I may talk about my. Oh, not B movie. What is that take? What the fuck? <laughs> Why B movie? That's fucking weird. Sorry. I love that you're offended by That's just what such a weird choice. How dare you bring up B movie? You bitch. <laughs> okay. Um, my number seven is a movie that I watched because I wanted to be good at Michael Mann films. Uh, it's The Insider. Uh, this movie has been growing on me and my Michael Mann watching. It's part procedural thriller and part psychological drama. I just, the look on this movie is amazing to me. I love the way that Michael Mann shoots his films. It really adds to the atmosphere, I think. And Jeffrey Wigand's story, Whistleblowing Big Tobacco, is very, uh, very... What? Yeah, I can't hear you. Melissa said that it's a B movie, and I said incorrect. <laughs> the Psycho Gorman's an abomination. Sorry, I was I was losing my mind. Go ahead. Oh, okay. But 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 anyway, I love Russell Crowe in this movie. The paranoia he's going through and the psychological turmoil that this whole that this whole that all these events go go and you, you can see the effect that it has on him and his family. It's palpable. It's so sad, and the court proceedings are very thrilling to me. The threats are very intense. 
<laughs> I mean, just keep going. Well, yeah. And the phone calls that he has that he has with Al Pacino are some of my favorite scenes that Michael Mann has ever directed. And I know that he's done Heat with Al Pacino, and that's still great. But I also really love these these calls for some reason. The whole procedure is very thrilling to me, and the editing is very taut for a movie that's over two and a half hours long. It gets a little slow at points near the end, but still, for a movie that's this long, I think it's definitely worth watching, and I really like and I really love it. Uh, so this movie gets a pass from me um, because. I'm pretty sure I'm going to love this movie and it's been on my watch list for a really long time. Um, but I didn't want to watch it for this because I've already made plans to watch it and I just don't want to watch it for YLS because some would say I'm a little critical on movies when I watch them for YLS. So I, yeah. So you're right. If maybe if we're on cycle war man without the tent, this is the best for trivia. Fucking hell with cool ham looks at seven. Um, Overall, um, I yeah, Michael Mann, you know, he is like one of my top favorite movies of all time. So to see Pacino and him back together on Insider, I I guarantee I will love it. So um, everybody else on the Insider, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's probably not better than Psycho Gorman. <laughs> Obviously, everybody. J- hey, just to let you know, everybody enjoy yourself. Uh, not getting last this week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How's the fucking feel? I gave it away before. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's the first. Oh no, me getting last. That's such a fucking <laughs> rare occasion. I will say I've weirdly just not have seen this movie. Um, I've as a big fan of Blank Check. They covered Michael Mann. I've seen every film from him except for this Ali and Black Hat. I've weirdly seen The Keep, which no one has seen except maybe Joseph. I have. Yeah, I was gonna say except for you. Um, I just need to find. I also, it just isn't really available here. It's only on Apple TV, so I'll have to rent it there. But I, I really do want to watch this movie. What is Blank Check, by the way? Because I don't think you'd be talking about the 90s. It's a movie where an adult woman falls in no. love with a 12 year old. No, no, no. no uh, it's a podcast. They cover it's directors. It's a podcast on. about movies, yeah. Talk it's to a Paul podcast about an adult woman who falls in love with a 12 year old. Um, they I actually watched, cover that movie. But, yeah. I watched this movie because I wanted to get better at El Pacino movies. Uh, so I watched this uh, probably about a couple months ago for the first time. Um, Procedurals, uh, not necessarily my thing, like real life kind of thriller stuff like that. Not, I feel the runtime a little bit. Um, but Pacino's really good at it. Russell Crowe's really good at it. I like the character Pacino creates. I just like the parallel stories of them, of like the two, what they have to do to like stick to their guns, like push through this, and like what they sacrifice and what they lose. Especially El Pacino, like basically going up against the whole CBS machine. You know, he has Mike Wallace turn on him and you know, kind of spoiling things a little bit. But just, you know, where he's the, he ends up being you know completely on an island and um you know he and he still has to like stick to his guns and his integrity um and i i really enjoy that part of it um like i said i feel the the length a little bit but it's still it was still pretty good and i will just say this because spence uh, pissed me off a little bit more uh you're the re- uh, you make coho tolerable in this community i just want to let you know that just remember that i am just a whole <laughs> bit worth let's be honest <laughs> Oh, no, gosh, that might just make him cry. <laughs> so we're going to go here. <laughs> uh, to be fair, a, a num- there are a number of uh, Michael Mann films that I will I admit that suffer a little bit of a length problem. Uh, but anyway, uh, my number six I watched because of Caleb Boatman, and it was for 2020 films. What a huge 
year to pick from. Uh, but I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> uh, I might be a little high on this movie, maybe just a little bit. Uh, but there are just so many elements about this movie from the cast and the story that just appealed to me as a movie watcher. Like the Aaron Sorkin dialogues are so fun to hear and the courtroom dynamics are very entertaining for me. The huge on has a huge ensemble cast from Mark Rylance, Eddie Redmayne, and Frank Langella is owning his role as a big old despot as the judge in this movie. And Sacha Baron Cohen, for me, I was surprised by him. He steals the movie for me whenever he's mocking him in the courtroom trials uh, with the, either the rose or going, Father, no! Uh, and also for a movie that uh, deals with some events that I wasn't too aware of in real life uh, with the 1968 Democratic Convention. This, of course, might have been more dramatized than actual real life, but I like learning a little bit more about what might have happened. It's just a fun movie for me that I could, that I'm pretty sure I could watch again and again and again. Uh, and yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit, even if it may not be as great as some other movies I've seen, but I enjoy it a lot. Uh, you're muted. Sorry, Cody. But Joseph, how can you enjoy this piece of shit movie with that ending? That ending in this movie makes this movie so bad, right, Toho? The ending is so bad. Um, no, uh, that's just the main takeaway that somebody else has been on the show that said, I don't find that problem with this movie. I enjoy it for the most part. I enjoyed it more on second watch than I did before. Um, Kirk, mute yourself if you're off. I can hear you. Sir, I'll just meet you. Um, but um, I think just like the 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 standout in this movie. I, here's my problem: Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't think is that great in this movie. I think he is the weakest part of the movie, in my opinion. Honestly, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's probably the weakest in most movies. I'm not a huge Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan. I think he, I think he's like the definition of like Wonder Bread. Like I just, he's whatever. He just is in there, but he's bland and doesn't do much. Um, what I will say is Frank Langella is like owning this role. He is. It's one of my favorite roles. Like I think he stands out super well. And Sasha Baron Cohen in that playoff. And We Are Not Related is one of my like favorite things. Uh, I've watched Don John. That's another movie that pisses me off. That movie just fucking weirds me out. Scarlett Johansson has a girlfriend and can't give up porn. What the fuck is wrong? I'm just so confused with that movie, but whatever. Um, I understand. There's more symbolism. It's fucking pointless movie. Um, uh, but overall, uh, I think this movie gets a little bit more hate than it's supposed to. Um, Oh, what's the actor? He's in Zodiac. He also is in this movie. He's the, John like, Carroll Lynch. Yeah, when he like, like he just realizes like when he gets pushed to that level. This movie, a subject matter I did not, did not. Um, uh, this whole movie is definitely wow. Okay, um, this is a whole movie that I just didn't know much about the subject matter, but I love trial movies like courtroom movies i absolutely just love so it will have and sorkin dialogue just makes it even better so but uh i'm surprised that coho hasn't kicked uh, dylan from the thing for that comment i'm surprised it's uh, that's rough <laughs> uh, but everybody else in the trial is chicago 7 um, better 2020 <laughs> film 
there it is. War Man. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, um, I yeah, I I think this movie's fine. I definitely liked it more when I had just seen it, and as the months and now years passed, I've kind of like it's kind of dwindled from my brain. And I think it's got good ideas. It's got good elements. I really like Michael Keaton. I just love that he just shows up for the two scenes and just delivers like a fantastic performance. So. He's just that's great. Um, there's a lot of great performances. There's, there's good performances. There's just none that I really love. Like, I think Redmayne's probably the best performance of the, the ensemble. If I had to pick one, um, I also just love that. I always think the editing and pacing is really good in the movie. Um, I just want to shout out the editor of this movie. Um, or one of the, yeah, the editor of the Charlie Chicago Seven. I was nominated. Uh, Alan Baumgarten, who edited my all-time favorite 2018 superhero movie Venom. Yeah, I also wanted to mention that the editing was very, very great. I really loved that I aspect. Mean, they had a great editor. Who edited? Who was the editor for Bohemian Rhapsody? John, John that person won an Oscar. Just let you know. he's he's a composer. They hired a, a music <laughs> composer to edit the movie. Okay. <laughs> this movie, this movie's really good. Uh, honestly, maybe, maybe my second least favorite, um, Sorkin. I think part of it is Red is Redmayne. I think saying he's the best performance is a little bit wild when Jeremy Strong and Sasha Baron Cohen are right there speeding it up. Yeah, I know Dolby Team second, destroying every second he's on screen. I don't know why Cody is fucking. I think I think you think about how funny Psycho Goreman is again. This <laughs> 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 is a really great movie. I'm glad you have it on here. It's weird that you watch it for trivia, not like just naturally, but here and mm. there. Um, I think it's good but not great um i just feel like it's the tone is kind of weird to me like it feels like a parts is trying to be like a like an adam mckay type political movie and then at times it's like trying to be like a straight drama or like a procedural like the post or something and it's kind of all over the place I, th I think it's it's less than the sum of its parts because there's so many good things about it uh but that but like it doesn't come together like all of those things should I just will say, Melissa, meet Dylan. Dylan, meet Melissa. I think you guys can be community best friends. Just to let you know. <laughs> Both like fucking weird shit. Um, all right. Uh, number five. I laugh so hard because <laughs> Jane Kelly is like, get you a composer. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, he's more famous for being a music composer. And he just edits Brian Singer's movies. And a great movies. editor because he won an Oscar. Well, he won an Oscar, yeah. That's, how the, that, that's what that Isn't means. that amazing? Um, all right. Number five. Okay, Coho, you know what to do here. Uh, speaking of wanting to be good at some categories, uh, I want because I because I was facing Brian, I wanted to be good at Wes Anderson movies, and I love Isle of Dogs. Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow, that's not the one I was thinking. This movie I just find so endlessly charming. I've seen it three times now. And I still love how rich all the colors are and the on the characters and the scenery. The deadpan dialogues get me. I, I find the deadpan dialogues very hilarious. Uh, seeing this and the stop motion that Wes Anderson's able to do makes me wish that he did more of this, which of course won't happen and hasn't happened. But I just love his 
I love how he uses stop motion to use for his style and storytelling and the framing is so it's so entertaining for me. The sets, if it weren't for the Grand Budapest Hotel, this would be my favorite Wes Anderson score. Uh, Birdman's drum scores are pretty good, um, but I also really, really love the drum scores here. And uh, I love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had like a mental collapse when yeah. Birdman. And uh, also the ending is so chaotic and insane and I love it. There's so many emotions that I felt on those last 15 minutes, so many twists and turns that kept me uh, glued to the screen. And to top it all off, that last scene really just makes me smile every time. Yeah, Isle of Dogs. All right, Cody. Oh, my buddy, old Wes. Wes, Wes Anderson. Um, I just wish he'd get his... Like, he's got a serious condition, and I wish he'd get it treated. He's got anal cranial invasion, which basically means head up ass syndrome, and he just can't remove it from his ass. As much as he just needs two of his pretentious actor friends to grab one shoulder each and pull, um, and he'd come right out. Uh, this movie, nope, uh, man, that's I just. I, I sat there, I, I, I woke up, it was before work, I was like, I got time to watch one before work, I can do this, so I popped it on, and I remember sitting there and watching the whole thing, and I was like, oh my god, this is still going on? It's not even that long, but I felt like, holy shit, I've been sitting here forever. It's a, it just, it's a hundred minutes. Yeah, it's not long, but it is a mad movie, I don't think it's bad, I don't think it's great, I think it's fine, and the world of it, I don't think it's like, it's no bottle rock. Is what I will say. I like Bottle Rocket a lot from him. And Grand Budapest isn't bad. I like those two. But the rest, he could just stop making films. It wouldn't make me sad at all. Like at all. Like he needs to have like, I don't know. John Petrovich doesn't like this movie either. He says something about it. So I'm John Petrovich likes basketball, so I What the make... fuck? Yeah. What? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> You leave John out of this. He's John, no, that's a do- different John. I'm sorry. Never mind. No, oh, okay, like for the uh, that's the yeah. crazy thing. Yeah, but overall, I think this movie about... I mean, cats are the enemy. I'm with it. I fucking hate cats. So, But that's because I'm allergic, not because cats are doing anything wrong to me. It's me or them. So, so overall, fine. You put a Wes Anderson movie on you on this list, and I don't fully hate you yet, so you're still in the running. Everybody else on Isle of Dogs. I I like it. The Better more than I watch Birdman? No. The more the more I watch this movie, the more I like it. Uh, the more I, Wes Anderson in general, he he's grow he grows on me a lot. Um, I think just the stop motion animation like really lends itself to his style of storytelling. Um, and I love like the Japanese Kurosawa influence. Uh, character wise, I like the stuff on you know with the dogs on Trash Island more than the, the human stuff. Um, but it's a fun movie. I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, I I saw this in the theaters. I had a weirdly bad experience with this movie. Um, not just the movie itself, but the, the I there were so many families when I watched this movie, and the, the the family in front of me just kept explaining the plot. The mom kept explaining everything that was going on to the little kid, and that really just annoyed the fuck out of me. Um, outside of that, I think this movie's good. Um, it's it's minor Wes Anderson. It's one of his weaker films, which is not really saying much because all of his movies are great. Um, this might be his weakest. I don't know. I might have to rewatch um, one of his other films. I can't remember. But I think it's 
I, I love the animation. I like Fantastic Mr. Fox more just because I like that story and I like the characters, but I would say the animation is better. There's a lot more he does, which I think is really cool. Um, there's a scene where someone is making, I think it's like making sushi or some sort of like uh, seafood yeah, that I think is, yeah. looks amazing for a stop motion film. Yes. Yeah, it just looks so good for um, for an animated, for stop motion animation movie to just make food look so delicious. But outside of that, I think it's like, it's pretty good. This is a great movie. Um, strangely enough, actually, the the Anderson that I've rewatched the most, for no real reason, just I really like it. Um, I, like not to say it's better than Birdman, but I think its score is really incredible. It's, I actually prefer it between the two uh, West stop motion films. Don't tell the Camerons. I I think this is just like a really just great film for him. That honestly, the fact that it's middling for Anderson sort of shows how great of a filmmaker he is. Cody's a little crazy for not loving it. Uh, just fucking incredible piece of work. Maybe I'll say something. Maybe stop motion just sucks. What? Have we thought? Oh. Have we thought about that? Can we just grab it? Like I know it takes a lot of work, but does it need to take that much work? Let's just what put it, it that way. What if Cody's the villain? <laughs> oh, I think that's that's fucking that obvious. obvious. I, I I sit on the chair and just watch the world burn. I'm just saying right now. Maybe stop motion, not as great as everybody thinks it is. When somebody says it's their favorite, overall, animation I style, totally agree with you. When somebody says it's their overall favorite animation style, I want to ram my head through a wall. What the fuck are you talking about? Lion King wasn't stop motion, so that makes no sense. All right, uh, we're on to the next one. Where are we? I don't know where the fuck it's my four. My, my four is my next one. Uh, one thing about this emotion, yeah, there are some terrible examples out there, uh, but my number four. Uh, this one is a shout out to Kirk for putting this on my on on the Full Metal Deep Cuts list, and then I got to watch it against uh, Dominic Grizzy, uh, The Odd Couple. Uh, yeah, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, their chemistry on the in this movie is incredible and funny and entertaining throughout. They're situations and their character contrasts uh not gonna lie when i when i started watching this movie i was kind of taken aback by the opening scene i was like whoa it just got dark and then he sprains himself trying to open the window and it's so i don't know the the swing of that made me uh i did not expect and uh honestly on subsequent viewing viewings it gets funnier to me uh felix is cramps and throughout the movie and oscar's boorish antics and nature are just so they they're so entertaining to watch throughout the movie i took i take when i watched this for a full metal i took deep cut notes on the movie and on subsequent watches i've still i'm still discovering new stuff that i had never noticed before like when you see uh when you see Oscar's apartment in, uh, for the first time, you see that his mail slot still has the newspaper stuffed in. Like he doesn't bother taking it out. But then when Felix moves in, like it's empty, it's clean because it's cleaner. I just I, I love that detail. And there's also on Brucey's door room r- room door, you can see that it has the faded message kept out. Like he's a little kid, and the drawing the, that message has been trying to be washed off, but it's not. You can still see it a little there. Uh, the pillow notes. Scene is my favorite part of the of, of the movie near the end. Uh, it's just a really entertaining movie and makes me want to see more. Makes me makes me see makes me want to see more Neil Simon movies, which I haven't yet, but I do want to. 
Yeah, I was surprised that the pandering clip didn't play either. Colo's probably asleep back there. Um, but um, he's probably watching the seventh film on seven times speed uh, right now. Uh, but uh, this movie will always have a special spot in my heart. Uh, played Oscar Madison on stage in high school. Uh, favorite role that I've ever had a chance to play. Kind of fucking, now I kind of look back, I talked to my drama teacher, it's kind of typecasting, I'm kind of fucking insulted now, looking back on it. Like, I don't think anybody else going to beat me for the part, but it's kind of insulting. Um, no, I think this is such smart comedy, especially with the to the contrast between both of them. Uh, the spoon and ladle thing, like, it's a spoon, it's a ladle. I've said 10,000 times, it's a ladle, stop. I don't give a hell what it is, basically. The FU part will always reign as one of my favorite moments. And yes. I hate little notes. It took me three hours to figure out the FU stood for Felix Unger. Because um, he just, he's like, we're out of corn chips. FU. What? Uh, I can just imagine reading that. The whole slob, how slobbish like he is, like it makes me so uncomfortable at the beginning of the movie when they're all playing cards, and he's like, "You want you want green or brown?" Well, and he's like just handing out sandwiches and just it's the disgusting side effect. the The situation, the problem that Mathau gets from a lot of people because I've introduced this movie to some people and they're like, Mathau laughs laughs as his own jokes, like that's their biggest takeaway. It's it's so funny. Like he is cracking up on set. It's it plays like a play. That's the whole thing of it. They, I, I wouldn't be surprised looking back how many takes they really took on it. I don't think it took that many. Like because it plays like that. And like I still love the thing. Oh fine, I'll just go kill myself, Murray. <laughs> like he just stops because he's got a friend in there. That how many floors is this? Oh, only three. Only three floors. Like, no, no, you can't, you can't jump out of it. Like, making it seem so. It's such a situation. I was so surprised when I saw it on Kirk's Top 100, and it's been one of my favorite movies ever since high school, like since 2010. So, um, I also love the theme, like the entrance of it, as he's just going around trying to find it at the beginning. It's a great film. Helps your case that you watched it because of trivia, because you got to put it on your list. So, hats off to you. Uh, everybody else on the Odd Couple. I haven't seen it. Don't, come on. Go ahead, go. Kirk. Okay. Um, this is, uh, yeah, this this is in my top 100. It's probably my favorite comedy of all time. Uh, Lemon and Mathau are my favorite comedy duo of all time. And this is my favorite movie of theirs. They're just so perfect together in, as these characters in these roles. Um, just just beat for beat everything they're doing. And like they both kind of be like, they switch from like straight man to, to to the joke guy, you know. Like it just it just so it's so fluid and so natural. Uh, I'm glad. I love how Joseph mentioned the apartment. That's like one of my favorite um, set designs of all time. Just the little details into how sloppy it is when you know before Felix comes into how it changes. You know, just like there's like darts all around the board, like like just different parts of the apartment. Like uh, you know, it's just a mess. And you see how everything changes when he comes in. Um, I love the supporting cast, uh, the guys at the poker games. Are so good. It's like it's the cards. He watched the cards. Uh, just so many great moments like that. Um, I can. I, I I picked this for a. Uh, it was my first auto match. I picked it for my deep cut because I just wanted to watch it. I just sat down and watched it three times in a row. Bam, bam, bam. It was so easy to get through. Um, yeah, I love this movie so much. Not a magic. It's, <laughs> it's a so lot. Easy. It's so easy. <laughs> Um, I feel like I can only do me personally. I can only do that with like Spider Man or something. Like watch it three times. I'm like, shocked. Like that. <laughs> so it's a good movie. 
I have no negative feelings about it. It just didn't hit with me the way it probably should have. It'll probably work a lot more on the rewatch. I just don't, I just like, I want to like it more than I do. I just don't. And I can't really explain why it's like, it's good. I just have, I don't have any like deeper opinions about it. Uh, and by uh, the same, isn't the same actor that plays juror number two from. Yep. Yeah. John Fiedler. Yeah. Also, so just good on the thing. What? I just don't play with your chips. I'm telling you, to <laughs> to, I, I'm not. I'm just trying to. Like, it's so. The mousy, like, delivery of yeah. him is so good. Oh, I also could. Of- a couple weeks ago, I watched The, the uh, Odd Couple 2. Have you seen that one yet? Yeah, it does not live up to the same heights of it, but it's still not bad. <laughs> it's uh, not Math- terrible. Mathow and them together, it's going to be yeah, better than most duos. Um, Kirk, you're under your seven. Oh, my goodness. Um, my number seven is Hard Eight. Uh, I watched this for my Warzone, Warzone debut match. I think I was playing Michael Wood, one of the Wood brothers. I'm sorry. I think it was Warzone. Michael, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he gave me PTA, so I went and watched um, most of them. This is one of the ones I hadn't seen. Um, and, yeah, this is right up my alley. Um, you watch this as PTA's first movie, and you, you wouldn't expect, like, what you get for the rest of his career because uh, it's, it's, you know, not like a lot of his movies. Uh, but it's, like I said, it's it's for me. I love Philip Baker Hall in this. Uh, usually PTA uses him as kind of a supporting character. This, he's more of a lead. Just plays like this grizzled, like kind of like criminal gambler guy with all this wisdom to share. John C. Riley, he takes him under his wing. And John C. Riley's just kind of dumb and impulsive, doesn't know what he's doing. It's a great, like, father-son relationship there. Just a really great story. But he falls in love with Gwyneth Paltrow, who's like a kind of is, is, a, is a prostitute and... They, you know, do something really impulsive and just the trouble that comes from that. And it's just a great, like, crime movie of, like, everything falling apart and one character who is trying to, uh, like, keep it all together. And, you know, his, you know, you, you watch the people tear it apart and you see this one person who's just, like, the stalwart. Um, so, yeah, just just my kind of crime movie it has, like, a real neo-noir feel. Um, just, like, everything, you know, the guy falls in love with the wrong girl and the world goes to hell because of it. Uh Really, really solid movie. Um, I like well, Pete. I would say I love PTA. He, um, he's hit or miss for me, um, but I wish he would have done a lot more like this. He started so strong and never got better. Oops, someone signed. Uh, never got better from this. Uh, Heart eight. My whole dog's barking, so I'll come back to this. Everybody else talked about Heart eight. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, you got it. You got Joseph. Okay. Uh, I saw this once. Uh, I thought it was good. Like for a debut movie, it kind of uh, inspires me that a that this would be a. It inspires me that this is a debut film because it has a strong focus on the characters. I don't love the ending. Um, I'd have to rewatch it to see how it uh, goes again. Uh, but I wasn't convinced about the about the events that lead up to the ending. That's the main thing that holds me back on it. But I didn't, but I didn't mind watching this. It's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. I would say it's a really good debut, especially from someone like PTO who just, you can just see like from watching the movie from him behind the scene, uh, from him, like making the movie and also just like the writing and the performances, like you can just see the potential that is, that is going to become like one of the greatest American filmmakers ever uh, from watching Hard Eight and just how he's just, it's just, I like, I love the movie. It's, it's, it really says something when this is arguably his weakest movie and it's his first movie. And almost every time he makes a new movie, he just steps up his game. 
I think this is a really fun movie. I haven't seen it in a few years, I'll admit, but I would like to rewatch it again. PTA is might be my favorite filmmaker. He's definitely top three. Um, and I think it's, you know, great things have small beginnings, and this is where it is for him. PTA is super overrated, and they haven't seen this yet. That is insane. Yeah, but he's not back yet. We need more. There he is. There, go. there it is. Welcome to Hard what, a what are the other movies? What a trash take. Um, that says this is your favorite filmmaker. Get better taste on films. Holy shit. Hell yeah, Cody. Um, I mean, that I expect nothing less from you, Cody, when you say that. He has good movies. He's more hit than miss for me. He's more... He's more miss than hit. Miss than hit. Um, I've come around on certain movies. Heart Eight's one of them. Uh, there Will Be Blood, I think, is almost a masterpiece. Um, I think arguably the best... Um, fourth best acting performance that won the best acting Oscar of all time, in my opinion. Haven't released that full list yet, but it's coming. Um, but overall, um, this one I had a lot of fun with. It's gritty. It fits different boxes that he doesn't normally hit for me. So overall, I enjoyed it more than most. Um, way better than Phantom Thread. Stand by that. That thing is fucking garbage. Um, go watch Close some other time. Um... What's your six? Uh, my number six is Run, Lola, Run. This was... Um, did you put this on a list, Jake? I think it was Deep Cuts. I think I picked this for Deep Cuts. Yeah, this was Deep Cuts 2019. I uh, yeah. don't remember what match I had to watch it for, but um, I ended up studying it. Uh, I had heard of this movie before then. Didn't know anything about it. Uh, it's a German crime film. It's about this girl, her and her boyfriend commit some crimes, get in with the wrong people. She's going to do some stuff to save them. And the title comes to the fact that she is basically just running the whole movie, uh, trying to stop her boyfriend uh, from doing something. And uh, it's got kind of that Groundhog Day premise where she goes through it once and then it starts over and she does it again. Um, the difference is it's just a, it's a small period of time. And like I said, it, it's the movie is constantly moving. It's only like 80 minutes long. It's a really quick movie. Um she goes from point A to point B, and she, there's certain beats. She, there's there's one section that in every version of the story is animated, and something different happens there. And um, as she's running, she's running into different people, and um, when she runs into them, the timing or whatever changes. You see uh, basically how their life plays out from that moment, and it changes depending on where she's at and how she interacts with them, even though it's a very minor interaction, which is a really cool little conceit for the movie. Um, I love it. It's just so like pulse pounding. Like I said, the, the movie just all momentum. It never stops. Um, it's it's you know it's German. It's a foreign language film, which is you know I, I enjoy. I don't mind. Um, but it's not you don't really need like there's not a ton of dialogue. There's dialogue, but I mean you you, you get the story. It's a very visual story, um, and I love it. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, I was glad I got to watch it. Jake, is this worth Pitch Perfect? Ah, uh, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> Bring up that story. It's my that, favorite that... story about Jake Van But anyways, um, I watch... <laughs> uh, we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to talk about it. It's still I mean, it's fine. It's been three years at this point. Yeah, um, a girl made him watch Pitch Perfect, and he made her watch Run, <laughs> Run and never talk to her again, I think, after Wait, that. Did you even watch... I, didn't you kick her out rather than watching Pitch Perfect? No, after pitch. So we. No. Well, we. No, I'm not. They, they, they swap. We stayed. Made, yeah, but overall, this is what he made her. Fun. I yeah. watched this for a top 100. I think Jake's movie. 
Yeah, it's I number it was very, five, I think, at the time. I thought it was very interesting overall film. Um, didn't like, didn't rise above anything normal, but I didn't hate watching it. So it was a fine time of watching it. Um, I thought it was very interesting of how it all played out. I had to watch it mainly for the story, but overall, um, it was it was worth the time. But uh, everybody else on this movie, if you've seen it, I haven't I seen lost. it. Pitch Perfect is probably better. Uh, on the 2019 uh, second half of the deep cuts list, because they changed it halfway through the season, as halfway through the year, as they get in, got into a new season. Uh, there are still a couple of movies uh, on that list I ha- still haven't seen. This is one of them I still haven't seen yet. Um, yeah, this is my fifth favorite movie of all time. It's it's MTV if they made an existential German art film. That's how I can really explain it. It's just I just it has everything that I love in film, and it was it feels like it was made for. And I wish I was like 2013, 2014, so I would have been like 15, 16 when I watched the first time. It does like almost everything, like every trick in the book. Like there's black and white, there's color, shot on film, shot on digital, freeze frame, split screen, animation. It just does everything. It's just there's so much that it does. I just love that it's just, it's a microcosm of cinema, really. And I love almost every aspect about it. I love the philosophical debate of free will versus determinism. And it's just, it's just, it's made for me. It's everything that I love that is just in, in one movie. And it's highly entertaining and it's short. And which I made a girl watch it because she made me watch Pitch Perfect, which I thought fucking sucked. Would Scorsese call this cinema? That's the question. Um, That's all that matters. Yeah, mm. all that matters. What's yeah. your fifth movie? Uh, number five is Charlie Wilson's War. Um, mm. I got this from, this was Just Sharks versus uh, Insert Name Big here. Uh, no, yeah, they gave us. Uh, it was their, the category was Tom Hanks plays a real life person. Uh, this was the movies I watched for that. Um, what a, and, what a category. Uh, and I, I really like just clung to this movie as soon as I watched it. Uh, Tom Hanks basically plays this kind of sleazeball congressman uh, who is just completely taking advantage of his position. Uh, he's like doing drugs and partying with women and everything. Uh, his his whole his whole conceit is that uh, his he, he, he's he's from Texas. He, his district of Texas is real low maintenance. He doesn't do much do much to keep them happy. So he can do a lot of favors for other people. And he just uses that political capital to benefit himself. He's like real scubby. Like his whole uh, office is uh, populated by like models and like just these young women uh, that he flirts with. Uh, but still, it's Tom Hanks. So even though he's not a nice guy, he's very a good guy. He's like very charming, and you like the character. Um, and then he gets involved in uh, the Soviet uh, invasion of Afghanistan. Uh, just by happenstance, one of his donors is uh, wants him to, to look into this, so he does. Meets Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's like this bummed out, kind of burnout CIA agent. Two of them start working together to work on this. Basically what the movie is, it's a really cynical Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Uh, where like they show you just how ugly it is, and it's like you don't have like a good character. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take care of this. Like They work within all the worst parts of the system, to get that what they want. And it's just such a fun movie. And it's, I just love it because it works in so many different shades of gray. It's like one of those movies where, especially now, nowadays where everything's like, you know, you, you, the politicians you like are great. They can do no wrong. The politicians you hate are just evil. This shows you that like, it's just completely gray. And like good people could do bad things. Bad people could do good things. Um, and it just, and it ends with like on a real down note because it basically like he gets his way in Afghanistan, but 
it they don't follow through so it leads to everything it's basically half the past 25 years um so it does have a real cynicism to it but it's a great movie hanks and uh philip uh, seymour hoffman are great in it uh i'm not as high on sorkin as everybody else's community is uh but this is my one of my favorite favorite sorkin scripts um just a, a really really fun movie don't put us all in the community there are two fucking fuckheads that are like very if that man, I would say three, but one of them is a lot quieter than that. That man farted. <laughs> They'd probably give it high high praise. And by the way, worst, I think uh, at the end of the day, I think being the Ricardos will drop to that mark. Oh, yes, as the worst. I, I, the reason why I have it at four stars is because being the Lucy Ball is one of the most interesting women in Hollywood that I've ever like studied like behind like things so i it's almost like extra boost for that but the movie's not that great uh bowman having a five stars one of the most crazy things um this movie totally surprised me one did you know the cohen brothers did not direct this film i thought for the longest time they did direct this film they did not mike nichols did let everybody know um of another great film called um that they did that he did was called the graduate um you should go watch that movie this movie yeah helping everybody out because i'm you know i'm gonna ace trivia next time i come back charlie wilson's war i had a lot of fun with this i had no idea what it was about or what it was you're totally right. Everybody plays the great, the best scummy of the scum people, basically, in this movie. No, like, saving grace out there. And they're all just moving the chess pieces along to work within the system. And I found it so interesting. Like, so interesting. It maybe because it had some heavy hitters, like, heavy, heavy hitters in it. When you have Hanks and Philip Seymour Hoffman in the movie, you're already starting a way above That's the bar for most people. Yeah. So... Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I can't wait to kind of rewatch it later on because I think I'll when I don't have to watch this for the cynical view that I normally am. But yeah, uh, great. And I did not know Sorkin wrote it either. So Cohen's did not direct this, Sorkin wrote it, and it was directed by Mike Nichols, who also did The Graduate. There's a little piece for everybody. That's the world when I went on during this movie. Everybody else, what the fuck Philip Seymour Hoffman starred in or appeared in. Two 2007 movies that were the final films of their respective acclaimed directors, this and Before the Devil. Before the Devil, I said Yep. Uh, Submit your list. Exactly, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie as well. I, I think that uh, the cast is very great. I, I really liked uh, Tom Hanks's anti-normal Tom Hanks type of role where he's very... Uh, He's a character you'd normally look up to, and it was. He, I think he pulled it off really well. I love again the the Sorkin dialogues are very entertaining for me, and I also think that uh, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman was also great. Uh, it's a shame that he had to be competing in the same year as Javier Bardem, but uh, yeah, I I really like this movie too. Um, I like Kirk had seen this for a trivia. Uh, I always thought, I thought you had seen it with, um, cause I thought legal ease had picked it, had picked like Aaron Sorkin in, but they'd picked it against me and Michael. Uh, and I think I watched like almost every Aaron Sorkin film that I hadn't seen from malice all the way to Molly's game. And this is one that I'd seen. Um, it's essentially, it's the prequel to nine 11. 
that's what this movie is. It's basically just setting up what happened, why did it happen, how did it happen, uh, and why certain things happened uh, for certain people and certain groups of uh, terrorists. Uh, but it's yeah, it's decent. I would I would consider it minor Sorkin. Um, I think he. He's a great screenwriter. Uh, he always knows how to write characters and dialogue. Um, and Nichols is a fantastic filmmaker. And he, like as I like Lemay, he always gives he always brings the best performances out of every actor he works with, whether they have fifty years of experience or they've just started. It's their first film. Um, I think it's fine. I would say the best part about the movie is Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I am a gigantic PSH shill, um, and I love every time I see him in any movies in, and I think he's fantastic in this. So yeah, that's pretty much what I'm gonna say. Okay, my number four. Okay, number four, I watched uh, because of our own Adelaide Spence. Uh, it is Nebraska. Uh, Spence oh, and I played, yeah. I think, in the 2020 tournament. Yeah. And uh, the category was 2010's Best Picture nominees. Uh, well, no, it was 2010's Best Screenplay nominees. That's what it was, right? And uh, so I got, uh, I've watched a lot of movies, a lot of good movies, a lot of stuff I had seen, stuff I hadn't seen. Uh, but Nebraska was my favorite. Uh, it's uh, Bruce Dern and uh, what's his name for Senate Live? Uh, Will Forte. Will Forte. And uh, father and son, uh, they go on a road trip because uh, Bruce Dern thinks he's won a, uh, a sweepstakes, which is an obvious scam, but he's not buying it. He needs to go. So uh, his son takes him just because he's going to go without him. So he needs to kind of keep him safe. And it's just it's just a great road movie uh, with the two of them. It's a great family movie. Them just experience, you know, uh, June Squibb plays the, the the wife and mother, and she's really great in it. I think she got nominated. Um, just really great. It's like this like kind of like foul mouth old lady uh, who speaks her mind and doesn't put up with any crap. She's so good in it. Um, Bruce Dern is just being Bruce Dern. Um, just like that ordinary old man that he can do so well. Uh, and, you know, t uh, Will Forte is just really good. His son, uh, I think uh, uh, Steve, Bob Odenkirk plays the, the, his brother. And just the, just the dynamics between them and the idea of a uh, just that, that time in your life where you reverse roles with your parents. And now you have to kind of look out and protect them. Um, you know, I can relate to that where I'm kind of getting to that season of my life uh, and, you know, watching them like suffer and struggle through that uh, is, is so good. And there's so many beautiful moments. I just love the, like he has these two cousins who are just complete morons and like, it's just that, that so relatable where you could, the family you never want to see that you have to and being stuck with them. Uh, a lot of great, just a lot of great drama and a lot of great family moments there. Um, so it just really, it has a really sweet ending and just really great relationship between father and son is what it comes out to. Uh, so really nice black and white cinematography as well. Uh, I really like this movie. So this movie hits way harder for me than most people probably. Um, being in the Midwest, this has hit so close to home for me. Um Bowman even said it on my review. I just looked it up. But, like, going to visit relatives that live in small towns, it hits everything. She is so – the perfection of a Midwest grandmother is insane. Like, they're just built different <laughs> than most people around the world. And they say what's on their mind and they don't care. And uh, I work in – I work in um, – cell phones and stuff like that so like dealing with like the older generation especially my that tell me like the latest thing they read on the facebook or something or they picked up like look they're gonna give me a truck like that this isn't real like 
stop. What are you doing? Like, I hope at some point somebody just takes me out to pasture before I just start doing stupid shit. I always tell, I always tell my kids that, like, please just drop me off in the woods. Don't let me buy things that I'm not supposed to. Take away my cards. Um, but overall, Nebraska's a really good movie. I don't know if the director. I have not seen all their stuff. I don't. And that what about Schmidt was also from. That's a that. lot of sense. So yeah. Nebraska is way better than about Schmidt, in my opinion. I think I think Nebraska is overall better. Um, listen, you're last. Just enjoy your time on the show, okay? But, like, you, do you see Kathy Bates naked in Nebraska? No, you don't. No, but you see the same with Jane Squibb, right? In, in the yeah. cemetery. Yeah. So overall, great choice. Um, yeah. You're doing really well tonight, Kirk. Uh, way to make up for your performance last week. Everybody else on Nebraska. I've not seen it. Um, I also haven't seen it, but I was just going to say, like, I just remember at the Oscars, um, this is the first time I had seen the Academy Awards, and when they do the whole, you know, the clip for um, Best Supporting Actress, and when it came to June Squibb, it was the scene at the cemetery, and I just... That's the only part I've seen of the movie, and that just is stuck in my head. I'm going to watch the movie eventually when I decide to watch all of Alexander Payne's movies. Um, but that that scene is just like in my head, and I that's all I know of the movie. But I will get to it eventually. Oh, I just looked at their no wonder. Well, of course, Coho and Bowman are like on the this, yeah. This makes fun. election stars. sideways. All yeah, fuck off, Bowman. Yeah, and Coho. Uh, as the um, person here who's seen it. I barely remember it, and rather to have my time to talk about why Psycho Gorman is better than a half star because <laughs> that's fucking insane. Nope. Uh, Wolf Cop, same as level. All right, threes. Let's go, Jake. What's your three? Uh, Joseph, do you remember the movie that you picked for Full Metal Deep Cuts in 2019? <gasps> he remembers everything. Yeah, I know, but I just wanted to say it. Oh, you. It was Passing Glory, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I this was Deep Cuts, uh, Full Metal, when I was trying to watch movies I had never seen. Um, and this is one of them. And it is just fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, it's really hard to just talk more about Kubrick and like how amazing of a filmmaker he is. This is probably my third favorite Kubrick movie. I really love uh, 2001 Dr. Strange Love, but this is... I think this might make my top 100. I, need, I really need to give this a, a second watch. Um, it's it's weirdly short. It's only like ninety minutes, a hundred. Like it's it's eighty-eight a, less eighty-eight minutes. Less. It's crazy for a Kubrick movie. Like you always think of Kubrick, and it's always over two hours, two hours, two hours. It's this is as condensed and like pacing and editing. And I think Kirk, this is maybe my favorite Kirk Douglas performance. I think this or Ace in the Hole are kind of uh, kind of batting for that. Um, I just really love the dilemma that these soldiers have to deal with like we have to you know kill how many people and then it goes from 100 it goes to 30 and then it's like well just three one person from each of the um like um groups so i was just that whole debate and it becomes more of a courtroom drama in that sense of instead of a war movie and how that kind of like evolves um throughout the movie it's just truly fantastic and also just one of maybe one of my favorite endings ever the way that the last minute of that movie is just like it's cathartic in the worst way possible um and the fact that certain sequences and moments happen throughout the movie i think is just really powerful um and i yeah i think this movie is fantastic um yeah thank you so much joseph because i thought this movie was great uh yeah pads of glory uh i'm very 
hit or miss on Kubrick. Um, there are movies that I absolutely love from him, like The Shining, Doctor Strange Love, Paths of Glory, even Eyes Wide Shut, weird, The Killing. But then it's fucking weird. Like, he gets in a groove like 80, 90. Oh, we're in this camp. Oh, what? Oh, we're going to go 144, 157, 109. Like, he just, what the, I don't know what the fuck. He just goes, like, great short movies. I think the most shorter movies I like more, probably, besides Shining. Um, but Paths of Glory won. What? what when you say shorter, I hope you're not talking about Fear and Desire, his first movie. You think I fucking watched the fear? Let's calm down. Let's calm down. I think Kubrick likes that. I'm not here for a trivia belt. You think I'm watching fear? No, thank you. The writers haven't even watched it. I'll just read the wiki. Uh, (laughs) Um, So, uh, I think this movie is incredible for what it's able to accomplish in such a little runtime. This movie is one that could have a long runtime and deserve it of a real runtime. Maybe he should have done that with 2001. Um, but overall, um, uh, I think it's a great film. I think uh, this goes back to Kirk Douglas. I think he got enough praise when he was a lot, but overall, I think he just wasn't a, a fully as appreciated of an actor as what he really was. Like, when you talk about the greats from that time, I don't think he's in the same conversation as some other people. So, um, Paths of Glory, great choice. I didn't watch it for 2019 Deep Scott. I just watched it because I saw it somewhere and I clicked play. So, um, better than a clockwork orange, I'll promise you that. Everybody else on Paths of Glory. Just a quick I thing about. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I own the DVD, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just want to point out a, a little thing about uh, Kubrick's filmography. When he started out in the 50s, he made uh, four films in the 50s. They're all under 90 minutes. Passive Glory was his fourth movie. And then he follows this up with the three-hour epic that is Spartacus. Imagine just going that from four under 90-minute long movies and then over three hours plus. With they probably didn't movie. pack enough film. and pissed off when they had to go get more because he just he showed up with only 90 minutes and said, we're going to need more. So, yeah. um, I, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's not top tier, uh, Kubrick for me, but that's only because, like, my top by like high rated Kubricks are like really rated high. Um, but it's still solid. I like about this movie, it shows the brutality and like the dehumanization of war with barely showing any actual war. I mean, that that's most of that's over within the first like five minutes of the movie. Uh, but you just see how, like, little human life matters at that point and how they just the way they talk about people's living and dying is just kind of like makes your skin crawl and um you know kirk douglas personifies that his character he kind of is us in that like oh my god is this really happening and him trying to stop that such a great like tragic hero um and yeah the ending is just why well, i don't want to say that i don't give it away for you that seen it but um yeah uh solid pick really good really good war movie this ending is right up there with uh, It's a Wonderful Life for me as one of my favorite endings of all time. It's really, really Both powerful. ends of the spectrum. I was going to say, yeah, like <laughs> polar opposites. That's good. Yeah. Now, will Cody come back or should Kirk just take over? I think now that it's my pick, you're okay, man. Did you watch Pazagori in color, though? In person. <laughs> um, Spence, what's your three? So Cody, I want you to look at me. Look at me. What's the movie that's only slightly better than Psycho Goreman, one of the 
20 best movies of 2021. Hmm. A movie I watched for uh, Evan DeGraff in fandom, Whatever Edition. I had some rough opponents, guys, let me tell you. <laughs> Co has gone to bed. That's <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Come on. Not uh, wrong. Not wrong. Anyway, yeah, Road to Perdition. It's just really incredible. Um, I think I've. I don't know if I said this before. I don't like crime films. Like I, I feel like that often. Like they, they tend to get pretty repetitive, especially like mob dramas. I, I tend to like not really get like drawn into. And this is just great. And I think part of that is just seeing it all from like a child's perspective. Of like having a kid basically be like your lead character and, and seeing like the introduction to crime through him is really harrowing and i really just adore that aspect of like not, not only discovering that your dad is involved in crime but slowly having to like do it with him and the repercussions of, of doing that leading into one of my favorite endings in film ever uh, i'm so happy this in fandom so i can break up some of the comic book stuff with this but this is just so like brilliant and i would have loved to rewatch this uh but you know what if one thing if one good thing kind of came out of the evan degrass match this movie i think it's a typical reaction to anything evan degrass does coho check your messages um <laughs> uh <clears throat> listen um you did not watch this for evan degrass didn't i no, because it's fandom. All those movies are already senses they're there. Like you just watched it for DC. That's well, no, 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 no. One thing, I, I think DC was on the wheel, and I watched it so I could have a category I'd be better at. That's this movie, man. Something about Paul Newman, guys. I don't know. There's not a lot of them, <laughs> yeah. but he shows up in a little bit. Um, Is this number three for Newman? I think so. Yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. Um, yeah, yes, but Red Redemption was in my top 100. It's probably going to climb more. I watch it. Um, like basically one of my favorite scenes ever is when Tom Hanks goes to see Stanley Tucci and basically lays out the thing and he literally says, just go because he does not have enough capital to take away what Newman already has and thing. And then the classic line, I'm glad it was you like that is one of the most impressive scenes in movie is when Newman looks at Hanks and goes, I'm, I'm glad it was you because he knew his times were numbered. This is also one of my favorite fandom matches I've ever watched ever is because when he looked at, when Tim, when Evan talked nonstop during this match, yeah, the holy shit, when he looked at him and said, did you know Brad Bird's my favorite director? <laughs> and Tim's response, holy shit. And just like, he is just checked out, completely done. Just, <laughs> Tim did not know who Evan DeCraft was before the match, really. It doesn't give a fuck who Evan DeCraft is. <laughs> like, that's the best part about it. You should know him, though, because he has such a massive Twitter following. Yeah, I'm like, more than us. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. It's Tim, Tim died a little bit that night. It was still one of my favorite moments. <laughs> Uh, everybody else on Road to Perdition. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I love Sam Mendes. I think this... I There was definitely a period in 2013 where I would just watch this and American Beauty like all the time because it's like, what what a what a way to start your directing career by making those two movies. Uh, I obviously love American Beauty more, but Road to Perdition just... To go from a film with a lot of dialogue to just 
minimal dialogue to just focusing on the characters and the emotions and just the silence that they all have. Um, I'm glad uh, Cody reminded me of the uh, the scene with, uh, I'm glad it was you uh, scene because I am adding that to my top 100 movie scenes. Uh, hopefully I will be able to be on that on YLS and talk about that extensively. Um, it's one of the most gorgeous looking movies of all time. I think the cinematography by Conrad L. Hall is fan-fucking-tastic. He won the Oscar posthumously. Um, I also just think I love the father and son dynamics, the relationships, because there's like multiple throughout the movie. There's one with Newman and Hanks. There's Hanks and Hoekland. There's even uh, Newman and Craig. There's just the whole film's about father and son relationships. And I really, really related and connected to that. Um, And I also just want to say the score by Thomas Newman is insanely beautiful and powerful. And I wish he had like four Oscars because he deserves so many. I really like this movie as well. The uh, cinematography, as Jig mentioned, is beautiful. The rain, I just love the rain effects that happen in that movie. And the score is also very, very melancholic, but also very solemn. And I love the feels that it that it contributes to the rest of the movies. Uh, I, there was a part of the ending that I was spoiled that I really wish was not spoiled for me because it's one of the rare occasions in case no, in case anybody else hasn't seen, but there's a, something rare that happens in uh, in this movie with the rest of Tom Hanks' filmography that I wish was not spoiled for me, but uh, it's very it's very good. I really liked it as well. Yeah, the way the movie looks is great. Like the movie is basically a memory, and it looks like a memory. Like it, it just it has that kind of like otherworldly feel to it. Um, and Jake said to like my favorite part, just like the relationship dynamics between all the characters. Um, Daniel Craig is great in this role. I think this is the role he's built for. Somebody looked at that and said James Bond, and I don't know where that came from, but um, he's fantastic in this. And I just love the scene with you know Newman, like I curse you, I curse the day you're more like Newman is so like hates him, but still has to protect him. And just that code they live under. And I love the exploration of that kind of world where it's just like a completely different understanding of things than we have. Um, you know, Hanks, you know, living in that world, like, you know, going to see Tucci and having to abide by those rules and decide he's not going to. Um, yeah, it's a great crime movie. It's a great father-son movie. Um, just checks a lot of boxes. It's not your disrespect for Craig. I know we all, you want the misogynist back. I get it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun when Kirk is on a comment and finally puts out, hey, dummies. Because you know that he means business when he means you dummies. All right. What's your number three, um, Joseph? So whenever I study Wes Anderson and I watch Isle of Dogs, I always make sure to also watch Fantastic Mr. Fox because I can't get enough of the stop motion style that Wes Anderson does. I think it's... Jesus Christ. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's so fluid. I think it's so funny. Uh, between this and Isle of Dogs, though, this is, I think, the tighter movie. I just love the colors and the framing of the characters, all the animals. The voice cast is really great. George Clooney as Mr. Fox and Meryl Streep and uh, Willem Dafoe, Jason Schwartzman, and Bill Murray as the Badger. I just love the... Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot about I love dogs that I love also about this movie. I just think this movie again is a little tighter. It's just I love how it blends all these different types of story uh, story elements, like the crime elements from the heists as when they're trying to rob the three farmers, and the family drama also I think is very moving with Ash and his parents, and the climaxes also 
a crazy edge of your seat ending. It's so much fun. I love the world building around this movie as well. Uh, uh, yeah, the games that they played, the the home, the, the, the homes that they have, and the yes, the whack bat as well. And I just I, I love it a lot. The I have yet to see the French Dispatch, so I don't know if this is for sure my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but it is for now. Well, hey, let me help you. First, French Dispatch ain't it, buddy. Don't um, listen to a guy who does not like Wes Anderson. Oh <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the, the jackass makes sure the newspapers fall out the thing in a certain way and it's bright fucking yellow stuff again. That's me. I'm wonk. I'm wacky. This is like Isle of Dogs, but with foxes. That's about it. Don't like really either of them, to be honest with you. Um, I found the 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 what do you the character is creepy. To be honest with you, I know that's the stop motion style, but no thanks. There are people with five stars on this movie. You can just say it didn't hit with me. What? What does the fox say? That was a song. And I think the song was I think the song was better than the movie. All right, everybody else on uh everybody else, what's going on? He's a jackass. I'm sorry. I think Wes Anderson is an asshole. Like he's a pretentious asshole. That's my take on it. But is he a pretentious hack? I met his history teacher and said she she didn't do a great job. Okay, Okay. where the fuck did that come from? Um, I love this movie. This movie's great. The first time I saw this movie was on a plane, and then I've seen it a few times after, and it just gets better, and I think it's great. Uh, It's really hard to say anything else. I I love Wes Anderson. uh, Yeah. The whack bat okay. sequence is like one of my favorite moments. It's great. Oh, like I, said, <laughs> I said before, um, I like Isle of Dogs better. Um, this is good, uh, but I this this is a movie where, like the stereotypical Wes Anderson stuff that people complain about, I look at this movie and I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of that in here. And I don't mind it, but I can totally understand, like, if that's what annoys you about Wes Anderson, this is not going to hit for you because that's it's it, 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 it's very heavy with his tropes um but i just like the world building like the society that they create among these animals i think it's fun and interesting and like the the th- you know the, the dynamic between them and the farmers and it's, it's funny and it's you know um so it's not my it's mid anderson for me um but still not that bad like i just want a reality show to follow wes anderson around for a little bit because i bet the motherfucker wipes his ass weird and i also think that he is one of those people that does like the visual plating of food the food tastes like ass but it looks like a masterpiece and he's like this is fucking delicious that's that that's who wes anderson is to me i bet his house is fucking bright ash yellow with like lime green like floor like that seems like I hate this man. <laughs> By the way, Mark Winchock is one of my favorite people ever. His just little moments like MTV meets German art film that go past. One of the best comments of the night. I'll say that. All right, Kirk, you're doing really well tonight. Let's take let's take it. Well, it's 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 okay, go, about to get better. Um Co, uh, Co, I hope you have your finger on the trigger. Uh, my number three is Man on Fire. Oh, come on. <laughs> Fuck off. No. Textbook pandering. 
Fuck. Come on. Uh, <laughs> um, this was another one that was uh, uh, that was a, a deep cut for 2019 Full Metal. Don't know who put it on the list, but I had to watch it for a match. It was um, Zadius okay. Smith, I believe. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. uh, Joseph is a – if you ever need to do anything, go to Joseph. He's the, he's the guy. Well, I mean, he is an Android. Like, um, but uh, if – I always liked and respected Denzel, but watching this movie is when I really realized how special he is as an actor. Um, because there's no one who walks that line between movie star and actor like he does. Um, this movie, Men on Fire, you could put like a Bruce Willis or a Nick Cage in, the, in that role, and you're going to get a very run of the mill revenge story. Uh, you put Denzel in it, and it takes it to a whole other level. Um, you know, he's bringing so much to a story that's been a, told a thousand times, but he brings his own take to it. He makes it so unique. Um, uh, and I just love the, uh, just the way he carries this out, just like the, like the lack of emotion he has where it's like, he, you know, he's like torturing these people to death and it's just like a day at the office. It's just what he has to get done. And um, he's got to do it, and and it just it just just his style in this is so great. Uh, Christopher Walken, I think this is Christopher Walken's greatest 21st century performance. Um, there's uh, he he's really good in the relationship with them as go, and I just love the fact how they build up. Like it's so smart, they spend so much time with him and Dakota Fanning and building up their relationship. That's like its own little movie, and then that informs the thing because if you didn't do that, I think when you see like that cold, calculated callousness you wouldn't be able to connect with that character. But when you see so much humanity in him with that relationship with the girl, the little girl, um, it kind of gives you, it, you understand what he's going through in the rest of that journey. And um, it, it just, it, I, I love this movie. So again, like I said, if you were, if, if you put any other actor in this role, uh, any other action guy in this role, it'd be like, okay, watch it. I'm done. Never have to see it again. Um, but it's just a beautiful thing uh, with Denzel in it. That's textbook pandering. You mentioned his name a couple of times. I like it. Um, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, in my opinion. I just arguably think that's the case. Um, I'm still standing by. I I, I, I I, will buy a movie of your choice if you can watch a Denzel movie and tell me he's the bad part of the movie. Good luck. Uh, he's just never he's never been bad at anything he's done. Um, and this is one of those movies. This is probably the most Tony Scott of Tony Scott movies. I'm being honest with you. Have he, you seen Domino? No, so that's fair. Okay, I'll 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 grant you probably Domino, but this is like him taking his camera work and everything to like an all and like spent like things that show up on the screen. So like Zach Ford is telling me he doesn't like it because of those different things. It's long, but at the end of the day, Denzel just is able to take this run of the mill B action movie the thing and run it to way higher levels. Um, with his performance overall in the movie, I don't think the movie's bad. That's not what I'm saying. Be like, it would be B level without Denzel overall, because I don't think this movie. I think the emotional weight is on him agreeing to protect Dakota Fanning, and then having to go to the lengths to get Dakota Fanning back is basically how the whole movie runs down. Um, I've always said him as an action star is kind of crazy, and people don't think of it like that. But when he plays like the action, like the go get him, the equalizer, um, he's just perfect in those roles he just is um so i absolutely love me on the fire it's one that i haven't watched yet because i'm like 
four or five away from completing Denzel's entire filmography. Um, once I complete the whole thing, um, then I will um, see where it ranks. But this has always been one of those movies that I like because I watched it so much when I was younger that I'm waiting to, you know, it'll probably be my last film I watch for Denzel. Um, but Man on Fire, great choice. Pandering or not, you know how to play the game. Um, everybody else on Man on Fire. <laughs> I've seen have parts just... of it, but not the full film. Yeah, same. I have not seen the whole thing either. All right, go on back. <laughs> you ain't been jazzed. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? I can't just take a walk away for a second. I was like, no one's fucking seen Man on Fire. Um, so that means no one can say it's bad. Crazy. Um, all right, could so say we... it'd be wrong. Yeah, correct. Uh, all right, so we're going to go to Jake, and what is your two? Uh, we're entering into two movies that, because of trivia, are now in my top 100 favorite films of all time. Um, I got to update my top 100, but this is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I have to thank none other than myself and Michael Campbell, because we picked Sam Raimi <laughs> when we played Liguiz, and I had to watch the lovely film that is A Simple Plan. Um, just nice. Exactly. Exactly fucking that. Uh, weirdly enough, had not seen this movie uh, until end of 2020. Um, and I had heard bits about it. I heard that it was very Coen Brothers inspired and that it had like a, a really good performance by um, Billy Bob Thornton. And I had always just was like, it just doesn't seem like my type of movie. And then I decided to watch it and it's just like holy shit like, rainy could just make these movies forever and i would be just a happy man because it's essentially it's about bill paxton finds a stash of of, of money in an in a airplane and the corruption and greed that comes with finding this the sum of money and his brothers billy bob thornton and then they have to basically figure out how are they going to how are they going to get away with this money because there's government agents coming to the town it's, it takes place in like this rural town it's snow everywhere it's very much like a fargo type of town or you know brainyard and just the middle of nowhere they have this money what do they do um bill paxton's wife is very much a lady Macbeth type she's played by um bridget fonda and she's like well we can do this we can do this and just the greed and corruption they have to kill someone who was there when they saw the money and just how it just how power how money and greed can corrupt even the, the righteous of people um billy bob thornton is doing something completely different than you've ever seen him in any movie ever he got an oscar enough for this i think i may have given it to him over coburn um i can't think of the other nominees in that category but it just keeps going and then gary cole shows up and you're like okay and the last 30 minutes is insane it is some of my favorite filmmaking uh, especially from Raimi I think he just he elevates something that could have been schlocky and makes it even better than it than it could have been just on paper um and there's choices that just throughout the end of the movie I'm just like that is the 100% right choice for not just the filmmaking but just the script and the characters and the performances that just make me just it just it lingers and it just stays with me long after I'd seen it um and I really really want to own this movie in blu-ray because it's just it's really hard to find unfortunately i had to rent it um on youtube it's fantastic it's it's sam raimi's third best movie hands down he's in my opinion he's made like six masterpieces and this is his third best movie ever a lot of I, masterpieces. I, I, I know right he just he does he just always hits most of the time um 
And I think this is, it's also just one of his most mature films. Um, it may be his most mature film. Um, I, yeah, I can't speak anymore highly of this movie. It's honestly just fantastic. Um, it's a, I, haven't, I haven't looked fully, but I think of all the movies I had to watch for the first time, this is probably the highest that ranked for me. I thought this movie was great. Um, I think, like, overall, it, like, plays out the fact of, like, Paxson says something in the room, and he's like, well, we didn't steal it, we found it, it's only this if we hurt people, and we didn't hurt anybody. And then just the downward spiral of what happens from that are on, it's crazy to me. Um, don't trust Billy Bob Thornton, it's my only, my only stance is what I would say in general, yeah. But if you don't know much about this movie, I know most people know what it like centers around because it's been a trivia question before. But um, I would say, go watch it. I think it's great. I think it's. A, I think it's obviously not Sam Raimi's best film overall for me because there is a, there's Spider Man involves you know it will. But uh, overall, I think it's a really great film. Um, I had a lot of fun watching it, um, not knowing a ton about it and finding out more. It, it had me on the edge of my seat and I was enjoying the entire thing. So thanks, Jake, for things I had to watch for YLS. You did a great job. So everybody else on a simple plan. It's not the band either. I've, I've so, seen it once a uh, long time ago, probably around the same time it came out. Um, I don't remember too much about it. I remember the, the, you know, the, 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 the beats, but no, just one thing I do remember is Bridget Fonda in this. Um, just her downfall, where she's at at the beginning of the movie versus her final shot, which is so haunting. Even though, like, I don't remember much, but that scene is just burned in my brain. Just how far she fell and kind of, I don't want to spoil anything, but not going that far, but just where she's at in her life at the beginning versus the end and how she feels about it is so haunting and tragic. And um, it's just kind of like a really, like, satisfying comeuppance in a way, but um yeah, I, 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 this is what I do when we watch this. I haven't gotten to it yet. I had such a good, simple plan joke, and Cody took it from me. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh, when we were studying for uh, Concept versus Stallions 2, I wanted to watch this movie. I have not yet, but I want to. For some reason, uh, I thought for the longest time Billy Bob Thornton was Rick Moranis in this movie. And for some reason, <laughs> I thought that this movie was also a Coen Brothers movie, but no, it's Sam Raimi. I haven't seen it, but I want to. Spence, sorry, you can't be perfect. Um, uh, <laughs> Spence, what's your what's your two? Uh, uh, I don't know if Jake has already done it already, but I'm going to double up on a match. This is another movie I studied for Excommunicado, Antonio and Bueller. Uh, however, this one is Working Girl. I'm a sucker for a really good rom-com. And not only do you offer me the hottest Harrison Ford has ever looked, and I will fight on that. You have the, 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 the comedy triple threats of Joan Cusack, Sigourney Weaver, and Melanie Griffith, which sounds like a weird group of people, but they're all perfect in this. I think this has one of like the best like starring group of people in a, in like a comedy ever. And how each one of them perfectly knows, like, not only, like, what their character needs to do in every single moment, but how to interact with everyone else and how to 
like understand that like everything in the world does matter. It's not just like, oh, things can just happen and nothing really matters. People are falling in love. Like there's actual consequences to everything going on in this movie. And I love that. And it all starts with just one woman who's like, I'm tired of like not doing anything. I want my stuff to do that matters. And through one lie, she changes the course of like a lot of things and finds love. And it's so fucking cute. And Harrison Ford is really hot. I need to emphasize that. That man is stunning. It is just such a really fun movie that, granted, I want to team with Nico Regoli. I am not prepping to win a match. I am so happy I prepped Harrison Ford because that was a great day that I watched this and The Fugitive back to back. Oh, you and Nico. Um, we almost beat him. Never forget. Yeah, Sunday. How about that, Cody? Believe, believe me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some teams work. Some teams are nights of written concept and some just aren't. Um, uh, <laughs> that's just the story of Manji. Working Girl. Didn't hate it. That's yeah. really good. For a while <laughs> leading up to it, I thought it was one of the best movies I watched for this because... Psycho Gorman came after, uh, same before. Um, but um, Working Girl, I think overall works um, really well for what it is. Hottest Harrison Ford, don't know, can't can't confirm for sure. But I think Indiana Jones, he might be. I like him with the glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He does strip in this movie, you know, and, and all the people like react to it. Um, uh, yeah, I'll overall, I think it overall worked. I think the twist and stuff that plays along with it, and just her being able to move through it by circumstance, basically, and working up and getting Harrison Ford on her side. Um, and on his back. Yeah. I think it, I think it, I think, yeah. yeah. That's her. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> she is working. Um, uh, but yeah, not a bad movie. Uh, I didn't have a terrible time watching it. I'm glad that it's better than Psycho Goreman in your book. Everybody else on working though. Uh, I saw this for the first time last year. It was on TV and I just like, I'll just give it a watch. Um, what I really like is the, is how Harrison Ford, Melanie Griffith and, I mean, to a certain extent, Melanie Griffith, but Sigourney Weaver, they're playing essentially just drastically different characters than they usually play, especially like Harrison and Sigourney, like. I've never really. I need to. I, I want to watch Sabrina the remake um, because I just like Harrison as a romantic lead. It's kind of interesting. It's just it's weird because I've just everyone just knows him as Han Solo in Indiana Jones, and it's kind of cool just to see him when he's playing drastically different type of types of characters. Like, I think similar with the Fugitive, and even to a certain extent like Mosquito Coast and Witness. And I think he's really charismatic in Working Girl. Um, I would say maybe one of my favorite performances from him. Um, and I think he works really, he plays off uh, well with Melanie Griffith and even to a certain extent Sigourney. Um, yeah, I think this movie's really good. Um, I should watch it again with more of my focus on the movie. Um, but yeah, I think, it was, I think it was really good. But he did not kill his wife. <laughs> you fight this man. You have to one-armed man. I also watched this for the first time uh, at the end of near the end of last year. Uh, my favorite part about this movie is that Carly Simon has an Oscar for best original song with this movie. Uh, I like. I also really like Sigourney Weaver in this movie. She's just a cold-hearted. Uh, uh, yeah, she's so cold-hearted, and I think she's really great in it. Uh, uh, I have not seen the. Say it, Joseph. Say it. <laughs> 
Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, I haven't seen this. It's on my list of like 80s blind spots I need to watch. Just haven't gone around to it yet. He was just like, he was just circling. He's like, if I say bitch, how's this going to react? I would have jumped up and called him. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so Gourney Weaver's in holes, right? Yep. Yes. Oh, she plays an evil. She's great at playing a cold hearted bitch. Like, let's be real. Like, she knows how to. This is the right first time she was actually doing it. Like, yeah. before this, it's. You know, Especially at the end when she shows up and goes, How'd you come up with the idea? Oh, wow. And then Harrison Ford goes, Nope. Not happening. <laughs> like, it's That's... so good. That scene, I was both satisfying to me, but also hurt me because I like Sigourney yeah, Weaver, but the but she her character deserves it. So like it was like a mixed feelings, but it's great. That was that was great. Yeah, she yeah had an injury and basically got things swept out of her, like taken away from her for being injured. It's weird. Um, all right, uh, Joseph two. In 2020, Full Metal, the Full Metal team admin decided that it would be. A good idea to have 200 movies on their deep cuts list to choose from for randomization. They used a lot of AFI films to fill up that list to get to 200. Uh, one of them is my number two pick, Sunset Boulevard. That's textbook pandering. Uh, this movie uh, grows on me also with subsequent rewatches. Just the atmosphere and the noirish vibes, which I love from classic movies, classic noirs. Wilder makes it. I know this is an this is not an original comment because Cody said it, but it's accurate. They feel like it's a horror movie, and it's so unsettling. It's so creepy, also. But the acting is the acting makes this movie so great. The tone I also noticed more on rewatches that it's so so cynical and dark and sarcastically comical about Hollywood filmmaking. It's one-liners are so sharp. It could cut butter. It's so I'm big. It's the pictures that got small. Uh, one of the, one of the first movies to be nominated for all four acting categories. It's a real shame. Nobody won. I think they're all fantastic from Eric Von Strohan to Nancy Olsen and William Holden to, uh, Gloria Swanson. Uh, I know that there's some comment debate about how her uh, goofy eyes are kind of distracting. For me, for me personally, because the character is such, it was a big silent film star. Because they're a f silent film star, they needed to exaggerate their emotions. Like she says, we didn't need words; we had faces. So, like for me on rewatches, that grows more on me. So, like I get it. Uh, I don't necessarily fault people for saying that they don't love it but for me i think it works for the movie really well and yeah it's a movie that gets exponentially better for me on rewatch couldn't agree with you more she is a silent film uh, actress played into this world and has to overact not shocking i'm so shocked this movie works so well for me um, I hate the people that say like the voiceover and stuff works. Turns out, big fan of voiceover. If it's done well, this is one of the movies that does it super well. Um, it kind of creates that old detective like noir feel, especially when you hear the the stuff that plays into it. 
And the descent that Norman goes down and the, the unpacking that you unpack with it is like the letters and who wrote them and well, I'm holding like trying to get the butler to like snap her into it. like you she's gotta know like what she's doing is crazy and he like I'll help you take your things like just feeds into the madness who she is at that point. And I mean, it's been misquoted forever. Like even me, like before I saw it, like when she comes down the stairs and finally has it. But that moment is so big for me because she, she is finally snapped. Like she sees every, she sees video cameras. Like she's on set. She does not know she's going to jail at this moment. Like she believes that she's in their next film. And that's, what's so scary to me. Like that thing. And, um, uh, when uh like when he when she calls the girl and like starts talking to her, like it's kind of like misery like vibes to it like at the beginning like before misery like of just like i i found somebody that appreciates me and wants me and like when they go to the studio and they check out the car and he's like we'll get somewhere else like we ain't keeping we ain't getting her back like that's it's crazy it's just it's something that this movie when i know it won best picture and it's not my favorite wilder there's one other that I ranked a little higher. There's two others that rank higher than this, but this one is so good and so deserving, and it keeps growing on watches. I love it more and more every time I watch it. Uh, everybody else on Sunset. Just one uh, quick thing. Unlike uh, some three-hour-long epics that Andrew Barr likes that came out in 1963, this one knows how to utilize a Buster Keaton cameo. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what maybe you can be um, this is my favorite Wilder. Uh, this is top 10 all time for me, maybe top five. I'm not sure. It's somewhere floating around in there, but uh, somewhere in the middle of the top 10. Uh, but I love this movie. I've watched this for the first time maybe six, seven years ago. And there's so many classic movies that get built up and hyped up and hyped up and hyped up. And they, 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 there's no way they possibly could. This is one of the few movies that completely did for me. Um, I just fell in love with it as soon as I watched it. You're right about Norma Desmond. The character is never not performing. That's the whole point to her. Uh, there's no like real person left. It's just the, the just the performance. Um, I love uh, Cecil B. DeMille's character uh, cameo in this because that's the one time where you kind of see her as sympathetic through his eyes, like knowing who she what what she was, what once was. Um, but yeah, it, it just yeah. I, the voiceover again, I don't have a problem with that either because. There's so much information you need up front. Where if you if they took the time to show the movie, it'd be four and a half hours long and kind of boring. Uh, but they just you know compact all it all and it works fine. And William Holden's voice is great. He's a great actor, great character for this. Um, I love him and Wilder together. They they do such great work. Um, but yeah, this is a great pick. Fantastic, all time great movie. Uh, I actually think I saw this for the first time like six or seven years ago. This was my first Wilder that I had ever seen. Um, I yeah, this is fantastic. I think this is my, my third favorite Wilder movie. Um, but it's really hard because he's made so many great movies. It's, I got to really like work on a, a list, but it is just fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies about movies, and that's a you know, subgenre I really like. Um, and it just really plays into the idea of just you know, film and you know, how it progresses the movies and you do it through the eyes of Norman Desmond. And yeah, I think just that performance is is the central piece of the entire movie. Like it would not have worked if it wasn't Gloria Swanson. And I think with that performance it just elevates everything about the movie same same situation as jake this was the first wilder i watched before i even knew who billy wilder was it's like oh hey it's a good movie everyone should watch it probably i saw it when i was like 13 so uh didn't didn't know what good movies were so i'm gonna rewatch it eventually 
But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's just whatever. It's like I, I was fucking thirteen. I was a dumbass. Uh, so hopefully, I like it more than the rewatch. Uh, you are mute for the third time. Don't tell him it's funny. <laughs> he just doesn't know. Be like, <laughs> like Robert Parker and uh, rate stuff that you'd watch from two to three and a half stars before like actual rewatches, just because you can't really remember how good it is. Like uh, uh, tw- 21 Jump Street at two stars. Crazy. Um, Kirk, what's your two? Okay, my number two. I, I wonder if I want to start losing Cody here. I'm curious. Uh, Legal Ease uh, played Bullets of Broadway and Thanks God Harvey. We studied Noah Baumbach. And the movie that really stuck with me a lot was Francis Ha. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Wait, has that match, that match hasn't dropped yet, right? Hey, Todd? What the fuck? No, this is from last year. Um, okay. This is... Movies about people in their 20s who just don't have their stuff together yet is just a genre that really connects to me for some reason. Um, And uh, Greta Gerwig is so good. This is that character. She's so perfectly cast. Um, Just the way she plays this, like her her life, it's so realistic, um, but her life is just in such disarray. Like she's losing her best friend. Like she has other friends, but they don't really respect her or like, you know, look at her as like an individual they care about. Um, But she still like maintains this optimism. There's this beautiful scene in this movie uh, where there's this tracky truck going through New York City where um, the camera's moving and she catches up. She's a dancer, but, you know, she's she's trained to be a dancer. And the camera catches up. They're playing this David Bowie song, and she's like just dancing through the streets, like so happy. Like you just see, like despite everything in her life, uh, she just maintains this like beautiful optimism. And uh, there's a scene where she goes to France on a whim, and it's just like one of like cringiest, saddest things you ever see. But again, she just powers through it, and you just fall in love with this character, and you just sympathize with her situation, and you root for her. She's so easy to root for. Uh, I love this movie so much. When I when I study for matches, I'm usually like laser focused. Like, okay, watch a movie. That's done. Next one. Next one up. Uh, I watched this movie, and I was like, went to uh, my wife and daughter. I was like, we got to watch it. So the next day, I sat down to rewatch it with them uh, because of how much I enjoyed it. Um, really honestly like it's surprising to me like these usually aren't like this movie doesn't sound seem like something that i would love but i just fell in love with it instantly what well, say that can you can you say that phrase again you like what about 20 people in their 20s can you say it Mo- movies about people their 20s who don't have their stuff together yet oh like uh like a movie like, <laughs> like something about oh, somebody help me sunset like uh before sun what before sunset? No, because those people think they have their act <laughs> oh, together. They are so yeah. convinced that they have their act together, and they want to talk to you about it. I would not accept any slander on the before trilogy now. Stupid mouths. Government people talk. What are we fucking doing right now, Kirk? <laughs> wow. Um, this movie's not for me. Paul told me to stay away from this movie. I did not stay away from this movie. I watched it. I did not have fun with it the last time I watched it. Um. Yeah, I didn't rewatch it for this because I just watched it last year and didn't find it great. So I'm really surprised you like it as much. You're just a weird fellow sometimes. Yeah, this community broke enigma. you. It's broke you. That's what I'll say. <laughs> You're not the Kirk I once knew. Um, I want the Jurassic Shark. No personal like Kirk back. Okay, where's that? Right now? Uh, <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> uh, 
When I saw that uh, Kirk loved uh, Pacific Rim, I suggested that he rename his Jurassic Sharks team to Pacific Sharks to see how uh, Sean might have reacted to that with this. Uh, anyway, uh, I have not seen this movie. I've seen a few Bombach movies. I think they're all right. I, I get why people love them. They're just not really for me, or at least the ones I've seen. Yeah, I'm guilty on not seeing a lot of Bombach movies. Uh, I feel like I've got to watch this at some point, um, even if that means Poyama has to force me to watch it. Because I think he would think I would like this movie, and maybe I will. Uh, I just got to give it a watch. I, I think of this as a pair with uh, 20th, 20th Century Women, of movies that I didn't understand when I watched them the first time, and I need to rewatch them. There's <laughs> a few of these. I just, I just watched really good movies too young, and I never really understood them. Uh, this could be good. I feel like if I say it's bad, could it give me more points and maybe I don't come in last place? Nope, Psycho Warman's still on your list. So, um, <laughs> all right, Jake, what's your one? Number one. Wow. God damn, I'm glad I get to talk about this one. Um, yeah, I remember, I, I have a feeling I know what your opinion is on this movie. Brian fucking Michaels. I can't believe he fucking got me to watch arguably one of my all-time favorite movies right now it's i can't believe that he would actually pick a good movie and that i actually would love it because he's also responsible for the very worst movie i've seen for trivia you can look at my review for this movie i'm about to talk about but because of him it is right now my 26th favorite film of all time i think it's better i like it more than no country grand budapest social network are more big lebowski revenant road to perdition world's end lego movies consopolis ratatouille mad max the Fury. lego movie you like yes. it better than the Lego movie? Oh I know, God. it's crazy. Uh, it is Strange Days. A fucking amazing sci-fi action movie directed by Catherine Bigelow. Jesus Christ. I know, right? Uh, yeah, uh, this is Stallions 2, Concept 2, um, almost a year ago now. Um, and yeah, they picked written, for James Cam written by James Cameron, and I watched a few of those, and Strange Days was one that I had always wanted to watch and just never got around to. Um, I guess for people who don't know, it's about this technology where you can record memories, uh, experiences, and you really get the, the central sensations that happen with the moments that when you're recording. Um, and the film's about a, I guess he's a, he's, he's a squid dealer. He deals with these memories. His name's Lenny Nero, which is a great name, played by Ray Fiennes. And he basically is he discovers a conspiracy with police brutality and this whole conspiracy with this rapper jericho one his best friend is a um as a bodyguard slash limousine driver played by um angela bassett and they have a very interesting relationship there's just so much to unpack in this movie ray fines is still mourning the um his his love of um Oh, fuck, I'm literally blanking on her name. Fuck, what's her name? Fuck, Cody, what's her name? Don't tell me. It is Juliet Lewis. Fuck me. I can't believe I forgot that. Juliet Lewis, who's now dating the manager of Jericho One, and there's this whole, cons there's just so much going on. I don't really want to go too much more into it, but there's this memory recording machine called Squid, and the, o the whole opening of this movie is this gigantic, long, like, five-minute take the point of view perspective of someone robbing a convenience store and then dying. It turns into a snuff film and it really plays into the idea of snuff films and police brutality and voyeurism and fetishism. It just, there's so much like with the squid technology, you can do whatever you want. If you want to be a woman and have a shower, you can have that memories and you have the sensations and the feelings that are happening during that sequence. Or if you want to have sex with two women, you can do that by just experiencing the memory 
and it just goes into this whole idea of just fetishism and voyeurism and experiences and it takes place in the last few days of the millennium on in 99 it's a perfect new year's eve and new year's day movie i highly recommend watching it during that time i think it's a a forgotten masterpiece of of sci-fi 90s action films it's one of the most underrated movies ever and i'm so glad Catherine bigelow got to make this the exact way she wanted i find it fantastic and i love the music it's fantastic perfect one of my all-time favorite movies Watch this win. New Year's Day. New Year's Eve. Oh, don't ring in your new year with this shit. <laughs> oh my god. This movie's fucking weird as shit. I don't want to give thing away, but like Oh god, no. I wish I could have put that thing on and then had a different thing play while watching this. It's just I was like this movie is more so convoluted. Like it is so much packed into this runtime of a two-hour movie, and you're just supposed to be like, "Yeah, makes sense. We'll go with it." No, I wish I had some exposition of somebody just saying why this makes no fucking sense to you right now. It's because we didn't really explain it that well. But here's why: this is what's happening. That's what I needed. Rough, rough movie. Um, that was my pops. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of uh, this movie at all. And I'm sorry. Uh, everybody else? Nope. I have not seen it. Um, I remember in 95, seeing the trailers in the theaters, and I was curious, and I've always been curious about it. Like, eight time I wrote it, I'm like, oh, yeah, strange. That's the movie I want to see. Just haven't got around to it yet. Uh, this was not one of the written by James Cameron movies that I deep cut it for that uh, Stallions versus Concept match. There were others that I did for that one. I have not seen this one myself. Okay. Um, uh, Spence, what's your one? Hey, Cody. I think if there's any way that I could convince you to not put me last, uh, it's talking about how uh, when playing Sean Wasserberg in Full Metal, I watched a movie that on rewatch will probably enter my top 100. Con Air. <laughs> yes. What? It is fucking incredible. It's one of the best things on the planet. I fucking love this movie to no end. Like, I don't know what it is, but 90s action movies are so up my alley, and I don't know why. Every fucking time I see one, it's hit after hit after hit, and this is exactly what I wanted. Of just really great ensemble cast that is honestly bigger than I thought it was, because randomly fucking Steve Buscemi appears and has tea with like a six-year-old, and he sells it. Or fucking um, Dave Chappelle comes and he's like, hey, I'm here, whatever. And he's like, not terrible, which is wild. And then you have a body drop from the fucking sky. And Nick Cage has a fight in a cargo hole. Like, this shit's incredible. It is so much fun. And I have, I had no idea that I would love this as much as I did. But holy fucking shit. I can't wait to rewatch it. Because this probably breaks like my, my 60s or 70s even top 100. Somebody has the audacity to say, what the fuck? And you, you praise Psycho Gore, man. Please shut the fuck up, Jake. Um, all you this have is very unexpected. 
Pretty much all you have to do is put the bunny back in the box. That's all you gotta do. His over hick accent is one of the best things, and I'm not a Nick Cage fan. The movie just the movie and Nick Cage, whatever. The war the John Malkovich, Cyrus the Virus, dude, is incredible. One of the top villains in any movie ever. Like he basically just like the whole part is like nothing made me sadder than an angel lost his bladder and the, like sings it over the <laughs> thing while they're like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. He's like, ah, oh, sorry, we're out of service. Have a good day. Um, it's just he's so menacing, and the, the gang of prisoners are what makes this movie so much better because they all have to answer Cyrus the whole time, and Nick Cage is like the hero that's trying to save everything. Dumb 90s action. Have so much fun with it. It's not speed for me. Speed's my favorite probably 90s action movie, but I still have so much fun with Con Air. Great choice. Great choice. Um, everybody else on Con Air. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jerry. No, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, this movie's alright. Um, I've seen it twice now. Once uh, a few years ago and another again for trivia. Last year, uh, like it's fine. I don't, uh, I don't hate it. I think it's entertaining. It does its job what it needs to do. I just, uh, I don't know. I prefer, I, I prefer other action movies from the nineties. Uh, it's dumb fun. Um, it's you know great concept, great nineties action cast. Um, like, like you said, Belkovich is great in it. Uh, Trejo's great in it. Uh, Busevi's great in it. Uh, you know, he's like, I wore a girl's head as a hat and like, just, <laughs> just that kind of stuff is, uh, it's really good. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'll tell you about it. It's not really good. It's, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think this is a fun movie. Um, I just, it's just very unexpected that this is number one. Um, yeah, it's like, it's, I think I like this one more than, um, face off. Uh, I like, I think it's got a, it's a nice concept and, uh, I, like I, I weirdly like um, Bashemi in the movie, especially like at the, the last scene of the movie, what happens to him and the whole like the defined irony, a uh, bunch of idiots singing to a song made famous by a band that died on a plane crash. I think it's a great line. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, that's the that is one and of the best lines. Now Spence's meet. Yeah, Face Off and T Two are in my top one hundred, and I love Demolition Man. Like nineties action is my shit. Which is just weird. Right. Yeah, I um, honestly did not know that. <laughs> watch Top 100. It was a fun time. <laughs> All right. Um, we're on to Joseph's one. My turn. Yep, your turn. Didn't I say that? Joseph's one? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh uh once again or i don't know if once again but once again uh caleb boatman comes into the conversation because he picked this movie in as a deep cuts option in full metal and i watched it against kirk some like it hot yeah i'll keep uh, the candor off the board <laughs> uh this movie I watched not just at the right time for trivia, but also at the right time in as the in the middle of the year, being in quarantine for months. This movie gave me enough laughs to just take my mind off the pandemic and just relax while watching a movie. Of course, I also had to study it for for deep cutting, but still, I 
it's it, I have so much fun with this movie. The whole plot with Lemon and Curtis getting away from the mob and all their situations and all their predicaments is all so funny to me. They're they're um, Marilyn Monroe is surprisingly good good in this, I think. And Joey Brown also steals the show in his brief scenes. Uh, most people know about the final dialogue exchange, and it's great. But I also love the train scene, how that goes off the rails. Uh, and all the comedy happening in the in that movie is so uh it it hits me where it needed to hit me and jack lemon uh, earned his oscar nomination just for his laugh as daphne alone and also i love tony curtis in this movie he's just the way that he walks also is also so so great to me joey brown's slightly clueless eyes make his last line in the movie so much much greater uh this is the most fun I've had with a movie I've studied for trivia. Um, sorry, Paul commented on my fantastic Mr. Fox review. And um, um, well, everybody goes to that. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, I uh, love this movie. It's not my favorite Wilder. My favorite Wilder is Witness for the Prosecution. I think Witness for the Prosecution is by far because it's a courtroom drama, so it doesn't. It makes perfect sense. Um, but it's up there, and it's definitely in my top like seven or eight for him. I, it's the, it's so funny. They work so well together. It's got such an interesting cast. Um, Tony Curtis and uh, Jack Lemmon play perfectly off each other. It's just. They're not that they're missing anything on each other. They're just better duos with Lemon, I think, later in this career. Um, but overall, great movie. No question about it. Um, everybody else on something like that. I like it a lot. Uh, when I go to Wilder, I'm more looking for like the darker, edgier stuff and the, like the broader comedies. Um, but this is still a really good. Yeah, Jack Lemon can just do literally do anything. Like if you watch this movie and then like watch something like the China Syndrome, you're like, oh, that's the same guy. That's insane. Um, but yeah, Tony Curtis is great. Is basically playing three different characters. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I, I can't say anything bad about it. It hurts all uh, the more that uh, Jack Lemmon's range is so broad, and he wins for Save the Tiger. Like yes. I feel like that movie. That was like, oh, we've. We've snubbed him for these years. Let's just give it to him now. Yeah. And, it's and so not, weird, especially after watching Save the Tiger. I'm just like, I guess. But like, like, I haven't seen Mr. Roberts, so maybe that has something to do. But that that movie came out the year Al Pacino did Serpico, and that hurts. China Syndrome was yeah, yeah. Oscar. The makeup Oscars caused a lot of problems. Like it just yeah. throughout the decades. Pacino with um fucking what's his name Harry and Tonto guy Art yeah. Carney. Uh, Art Carney. Art Carney. Saw that movie fucking. too. Nope. Um, I, I will say um, this is probably of the Wilder films I've seen, which I think I've seen like five or six, or maybe yeah, something like that. This is probably my weakest or my least favorite of the Wilder movies. Just it is hard because he has, he's made so many movies, but I just the comedy just isn't really for me. I'm not like I mean, man, trusting up as women, like it just doesn't that doesn't really appeal to me comedy wise. I just so it just so it just it's got to be clever. It's got to be like really cool ideas that, and it just i just don't really get much out of some like a hot unfortunately um so yeah that's it's a personal gripe but it's yeah it's okay and this is why you're the number four australian uh this is my favorite wilder it's basically perfect no flaws perfect comedy one of the best ever we were doing rom-coms this is also be pretty far up there just fucking 
how do you go up from here? The fact that Wilder did this and like movies are close to it is fucking insane. Perfect movie. I, I but I, I will stand I will stand with Jake on this. All the other movies, Witness, uh, Apartment, these movies that break down different genres can appeal to way more. Comedies, chuckles, don't work for everybody. There are comedies that just have never made Probably people laugh. Way more subjective. So it's so hard to say this is top tier. If the jokes don't hit, that's why Odd Couple. If the jokes don't hit for me to jump, it could be one of the worst films you've ever seen. But overall, if it hits for you, you're gonna you're gonna die laughing. I've never made Paul more upset than I made him right now. He literally said it's like Black Mass. he said like Black Mass is like that's like saying Black Mass is like The Departed but with face makeup. <laughs> so like it's just he's coming from my throat. Um, all right, last one. Close it out. I'm so curious how this is gonna go. I can't wait to uh, see. I'm wondering if. Uh... Dylan is still in the chat because my number one pick is from when he and I played last year in the uh, singles tournament. Uh, he gave me it's Jim important. Jarmusch. I watched pretty much his whole filmography. Uh, some of his hits, some of them miss. Uh, but my all-time favorite was, uh, which is probably going to crack my top 100, uh, Down by Law. Um, just an amazing... What was on the board, Joseph? Yeah, let me see the board. I thought he I thought he watched Bad Times at the El Royale when he plays Brian with the I uh, did, but that wasn't the first time I watched it. I'd seen uh, I watched all okay. before it. Oh yeah, I definitely would have made it. Um this movie is great. It's um Tom Waits, John Laurie, and uh Roberto Benini. Uh the three of them first year introduced them separately. They all kind of have their own like seedy things going on. Uh and then they are all uh put into prison for different reasons and put in the same cell. And you think at first, like, it's okay, the, the prison situation is just to get them together, then something else is going to happen. It does happen eventually, but they spend a lot of time in that jail cell, a lot more than you expect. And it is so great. Like, you know, I'm not a fan of just hangout movies, um, but in this movie, like, the hanging out is just so much character development and building of relationships and learning about these characters. And then after they're out of jail, uh, other situations happen. I don't want to spoil it too much. There he is. Uh, but... Uh, it's so great the bonds these characters form and what you find out about them and where they go from there. It's a great crime movie. It's a great prison movie. It's a great hangout movie if you're into that. Uh, Tom Waits is so great. He's so good in uh, J- Jim Darmush movies. Uh, he used him so well. And it, this, I think this is the best character he's ever played. Uh, John Laurie's really good. I'm like he did a lot with Darmush early on. Like you don't see, you really didn't see him much past the '80s. Um, which is kind of sad to me because I think he could have really like done a lot and a lot of, you know, like Tarantino or Scorsese or something. Um, I think he wasn't a early, I think he was in mean streets, but um, you don't see him a lot. And then Roberto Benigni is like doing like his like normal comic shtick, but there's like a layer, like layers beneath it that you slowly peel away. Um, I love this movie. I love the story. I love the characters. Uh, this is when I was like, like I said, Jarmusch for me was like, as I was going through their stuff for legs, stuff not so much. This was just like, yes, I love this movie. Uh, next time I put together a top 100, this will probably be it. Uh, yeah, so I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I would say it's about four stars for me. Um, the Hangout just worked. I'm not um, what's Benito, what's his name? Roberto Benigni. Roberto yeah. Benigni. I'm not a fan of him overall. Um, 
He has an Oscar that belongs to other people. Um, I'll just say that um, off the top. You, you, you committed a crime, and you deserve to give that Oscar back. Um, but on that note, I will say the Hangout – so Hangout movies either hit right away, like uh, Dazed and Confused, uh, Everybody Wants Some. Um, this is one that just worked. The situations that they were put in – the hanging out, the just talking, it just worked really well for me. Roberto Benigni able to like convince people like just to basically how charming he was to just get to move into from situation. They get separated at one point, they get back together. It just works. Um, and they're all from different walks of life. So um, I was really hesitant for this movie because it was kind of a slower one than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen much about Jim Jarmusch. I know that um, my main man, uh, Warzone champion over here. Uh, no, you didn't use it. Adam Collins used it, right? You Collins used, used Collins. You use who his name is, the Haneke. Never mind, sorry. Michael, are you talking about me? Yeah, you use Haneke. I use Haneke, yeah. Used... Dylan used it. But, like, um, I just not not really familiar with his filmography, so I was taking a jump because I think this is the first one I've seen and didn't, didn't disappoint. I don't know if it's one. I don't know if it passes what you're – what was your three? I don't know. Um, but I don't know if it no, passed. Three, Jake's no, three was passing glory. No, no, what what was Kirk's? I don't know if it I don't know if I would put it number one of what you've had on your list so far. But again, difference of opinion from that one. Everybody else on this movie and Coho went a bit a long time ago and I forgot to turn it. So. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> um, Coho I... left, left at the threes, so I've been doing this ever since. <laughs> I'm very guilty. I've only seen two Jarmusch movies. One of them is The Dead Don't Die, and the other is Dead Man. Um, I feel like I, I would like this movie. I like Dead Man a lot. Um, yeah, it's just one that I should get to uh, my ever-growing watch list. Uh, this is definitely on it. I've not seen it. So, like, if Law is down, what would be up? Oh, gosh. Get off of <laughs> <laughs> It's three and a half hours longer than Top 100 episodes. Well, we had no crossover. I didn't tell people yeah. to shut up as much as I probably should have. I talked a little bit more. Psycho Gorman went on a little bit. So, fuck you, it's Spence's fault. Um, all right, <laughs> I have so... three films in the top 100. I just want to point that out. <laughs> well, you could have, you should have won. You fucked up a long way. Uh, sorry. Oh, wow. Well, who is it? Uh, sorry, Kirk. Uh, you don't have a graphic. That's upsetting. Um, because for some reason he just didn't put it in there. You won this week. Yay! Oh. Came back and you ended up winning, so you did really well. Um, I thought it was gonna be close. It's a little bit. You introduced some movies. Joseph probably was close. I'd give you a B plus. I give Joseph a B overall. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Isle the Dog just didn't thing didn't hit. The worst one was The Witch, but overall, like. That's just not my kind of movie. It's not. It's a bad movie. Uh, I'll take it honestly. <laughs> third, uh, honestly, Jake didn't miss by much. I think he'd be minus. I think he did really well. Strange Days was just the hardest one. Everything else, you nailed. Besides Ed Wood, but I can. No, I can't. I disagree with people saying it's good. And then the last place is clearly Spence. Um, Psycho Gorman. <laughs> look at four and five. Look at four and five, and you also have Star Trek First Contact, and you also have Murder on the Orient Express, and you sit there, and you sit back there, and you, on your pompous fucking high horse, and you have the fugitive cool hand Luke sitting there at the bottom, and you have Psycho Gorman above it. 
Psycho Gorman couldn't wipe the fugitive's ass. Okay, I'm like you hate stop crazy it. balls. Like you're missing out on cinematic glory. Crazy balls, pretty good. Then you put like then you put oh fuck off, crazy ball. God, if his if her brother just grabs the revolver and shoots her, it's over. Um, he didn't even put the combine. What is he do uh, doing today? I created. He's the- watching movies on seven times speed. I have the list. Give me a second. Because um, he sends it to me because he doesn't do his job. I don't know who he is. Uh, number 10, Man on Fire. Number 9, Road to Perdition. Number 8, Francis Ha. Number 7, Working Girl. Number 6, um, Simple Plan. Number 5, Sunset Boulevard. Number 4, Strange Days. Number 3, Down by Law. Number 2, Sunset Boulevard. And number 1, Con Air because I got to rank these. So I have the number 1 spot. I didn't fucking wow. You had – I have 15 half stars. You added one. That's an Find joy in your life and watch an alien fucking murder. Um, real quick, the movies that I um, watched for YLS, my top list. Um, Doubt, number one. Mur- uh, Memories of Murder, short term, 12. Yeah. Nice. Uh, your Name, The Good, nice. The Bad, yes. The Ugly, Shoplifters, American Animals, The Player, I, Daniel Blake, and Blue Collar were the ones that are the highest ranked since I've started the show. Um Again, all those I would highly recommend, and I think Jake is responsible for at least I'm one. Definitely good about the other year. I have. I one know. There, I, I know Kirk has two because he has American Animals, I think, and uh, Blue Collar, um, and and uh, of course Boatman's there. There's a few other people there. Your name, I'm assuming, is the Poyama. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of people, honestly. A lot of people. Yeah, Paul, Paul is so good when it comes to your name. I don't know how he does. But how he Paul, it, but yeah. yeah, Paul is. A lot of people have mentioned it, but Paul definitely. I'd give credit to that. Um, next week is Sydney Lumet. Um, if it's not, uh, he has to get list by tomorrow. He's got a. He doesn't have to really rewatch stuff, but I'm not going to push this into the waiting hours and stuff. So overall, I need list. If not, um, he is going to pick something else that will be posted on the page. Um, oh yeah, Cam gave me short term cold movie. I will never go back to. Um, and then the next one, I'm gonna get Jake on the panel. He's so super excited to be here for athletes, live action athletes. I already have one Amaru uh, put in, so if anybody else wants to put it, it doesn't have to be like popular. Jake also submitted for movie posters. Not a lot of people, so this one might have to change. Not sure. Um, and then. Uh, Directors to remake a classic. You pick one director to remake My a classic. Birthday. Oh, nice. Mine is mine's too long. Um, and then the twenty third is the Oscars best two thousands edition. Uh, it's a. I'm really interested. I think Jake. Yeah, Jake sent me a list. Jason. Jake is definitely locked in for that one. Um, but I want to get the last one was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that show. I'd rather uh, maybe have a little bit of a different panel. But if the people that submitted one submit, they'll be able to be on it. And then Kirk's back with Pacino. Hoo-ha. Seems like he knows a small um, niche thing that he likes. Definitely like it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so please uh, submit your list. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm off next week. I get a break. I get to watch whatever the fuck I want this week. I'm really excited. I won't watch Psycho Gourmet. Uh, you guys all have a great night. And I'm going to play the outro if I can find the outro because I don't do this shit. I don't get paid. Video Star Channel tomorrow, Letterbox, uh, Trivia Flashback. I got Nuts Around and Cody. Oh. I believe it's going to be on. I just want to just, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we are watching us, I think, knock out um, uh, 
Riders of Brohans. Riders of Brohans. So everybody have a great night. Uh, watch the stuff. <laughs> Go back and watch the logged in episode that aired. Have a good night. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Your guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentencing hearing. Now what will it be? Death or exile? You better lawyer up, asshole. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. So Normally, I would say Alfida Zin. But since what Alfida Zin actually means is till I see you again, and since I never wish to see you again, to you, sir, I say goodbye.